Fry Gave a 13th Horror Podcast is a proud independent podcast. To learn more about the show, visit frygave13.com. Are you tired of the same old Christmas music? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of like it. Well, you're in for a treat because coming this Christmas is an all new take on those holiday classics. But, like, what about tradition? That's right. It's now This Is Fucking Christmas, Volume 3. Wait, where where are the other two volumes? Get ready for all new classics like Deck the Halls with Boughs of Molly and Santa Claus is Coming on Tom. Oh my heavens, wow. Songs you'll never forget and you can share with your friends and family like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Alcoholic and Silver Balls. Okay, I don't think those sound very family-friendly. Instant hits like The Little Drummer Boy. Well, that one sounds normal. Is dead. Oh, no. It's episode 111. The holidays are terrifying. I am the writing on the wall. The whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message. To save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay alive, we honor thee from life to death. Horror in real life. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Horror in the movies. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? What do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. Uh, and you can take part in our morning of giving today. Our Leslie Hort, we got Leslie's name too, did we not? Peaches Cookie Fingers. Peaches Cookie Finger, down in the parking lot. <laughs> that's your elf. Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, is that elf. my stripper name? It's el- elf, Christmas Elf. Christmas Elf, <laughs> Christmas elf name. Uh, peaches sticky fingers? Cookie fingers! <laughs> because peaches sticky fingers is a better stripper name than elf name is what I'm thinking. Everything is fine. Everything oh is God. fine here. Ho, 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 and welcome to another edition of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And if this is your first time with us on Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we are the podcast that talks about horror. Horror in real life and in the movies from an LGBT perspective. And this is our 111th episode. Um, I had a little lisp at the end of 11th. Um, I kind of That's like okay. That. I, I, feel like, I feel like Tiny Tim in, in, in A Christmas Carol right now. Um, so th- this is a great one, folks, because this is our... I guess this is, is it an annual tradition now for us? Do we always do this? Uh, we always do something around like holiday, Christmas holiday, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, this is holidays, or the holidays are terrifying. Um, and we're, we're happy to have you with us. We've got a great show lined up for you today, talking about a whole bunch of scary shit around Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that bullshit um, in real life. And we've got Black Christmas from 2006. And... A, a monumental film in the history of cinema called Black Friday from 2021. Wait till you. Yeah. Can, <laughs> wait, till, can I, wait till you hear about this one. 
Can I give a little like peek behind the curtain for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So when we talked about doing the holiday episode this year, we were like, what do we want to do? Like, we don't want to do like movies that like literally everybody has talked about to death. Like, honestly, we could have talked about the original Black Christmas and it would have been great. And maybe we will in the future. But like, hey, hey, Andrew, I've got a new take on Black Christmas. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But like, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, let's do movies like maybe people haven't really talked about that much. And so I'm like, well, I I want to talk about Black Xmas, which, yeah. it, we, depending on where you look it up, it goes by two different names. But, um, and then Maddie was like, "Hey, by chance, do you have this movie, uh, Black Friday?" And I was like, "Oh, Devin Sawa, Bruce Campbell, sure, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, we'll get to it later." But- don't tell him yet. Don't don't tell him yet. <laughs> anyway i just thought that was kind of a little funny thing but yeah i'm excited to talk about the holidays uh the holiday season is really fun especially because now we have two different perspectives on it one from the american holidays and one from the european holidays which is really cool because we get to see like how different areas celebrate the holiday season whether that's uh you know and and honestly whether you celebrate hanukkah kwanzaa uh christmas thanksgiving or just uh, december 25th yeah exactly and i have some interesting uh traditions on that later but um just wanted to say happy holidays to all happy holidays and happy holidays even and I hope you have a little bit of time. I know a lot of our friends in retail and restaurants don't get a lot of great time around this around this season, but yeah. I hope you get a little bit of time to spend some time with your loved ones. So, and you know, Andrew, too. Before we get started, <clears throat> um, I just want to mention, and and you know, I'm not going to drop any names here, but we received a really special email from a listener, yeah. and um, I, you know, like I'm not, I, I'll, I'll keep this this private. Um, but, uh, I, I will just read you a couple of lines from what this person, uh, wrote. Is that okay with you, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a person and I won't name their name, but they, they wrote to us and, um, this was last week and Andrew said, you got to go check the, check the email right now. And so I did, um, I forgot our password. I had to figure it out (laughs) that I finally got, I was like, oh yeah, that's what our password is. Um, and so this person said this, uh, let's see here. Um, that's, uh, I'll start with this one. Um, the last time I used any mind altering substance was November 6th. I went to detox on November 8th and I want you to know that your show got me through the hardest few days of my life. I've now listened to every episode and I feel like I know you guys personally. It was like having two friends sitting beside me, helping me by talking about my favorite thing, horror movies. There were times where I should have been in agony from withdrawal symptoms but I found myself laughing at your banter or getting emotional hearing you discuss current events. So from the bottom of my broken, bruised, but healing heart, I thank you for that. You really did help save my life. Um, and this person goes on from there and I, 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 we will be talking to them further because they've got some great ideas. Um, but you know, uh, look, we, we run a, a horror podcast right. about, about <laughs> horror and real life and horror in the movies. And we've told the, the story of our origin many times. And it, it'll be six years in February um, that we decided to, to kind of make a joke and, and put the stuff that Andrew and I were talking about all the time anyway onto a podcast. Maybe do 10, 10 episodes or whatever they would be. Our friends would listen and that would be it. 
this turned into something that has become uh, a project that is near and dear to both of our hearts. We've met hundreds of people through doing this. We have a community of thousands around us on social media. Um, and we have made lifelong friends and, and connections we never thought we would. And I got to tell you, an email like this is one of those things where I'm like, I can't, I can't believe that our words have such power. And it's, it's a good reminder that they, that they do, that the things that we all say as human beings and the connections that we make really matter. And so, you know, this person, they know who they are. Um, I just want to thank you so much for sending us this message because it meant a lot to us. And uh, I am, I'm so happy for you that you've, you've gotten through, you know, the, the, the step in your recovery and um, we're going to be here for you even further. And I wishing you the best holiday season possible. And um, we just, we really send you a lot of love. Thank you so much. And I just, I, I'm still blown over by this email, truly. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, a lot of people reach out with like little comments here and there, but this person took the time to send a multi-paragraph <laughs> thank yeah. you letter. And I've been crying this whole time. <laughs> I know. So, thank yeah. you. Right, right. And you know, it's it's an interesting thing too. I, I told my brother about this. My brother is like our our top fan in the world. And um he's he said this, Andrew, and this will this will be good for you to hear too. He's like, you know what? Our lives are just so interesting the way that they weave. And he was like, think about it. You never meet Michael two decades ago. That means you never meet Andrew. And that means you never start a podcast. And that means that this person never hears it. Yeah. Isn't that it's wild? Crazy. Oh. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So anyways, well, thank you for that. Um, this holiday season, we are very thankful for, uh, I don't even want to say fans, because I hate that word. Oh, the, the, the community, the fry gays. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm so thankful that people listen to this yeah. and that they actually like take the time to reach out and everything. So, yeah. Cause like, I mean, as thankful as people are for our show, we're thankful for them. Like, Oh God, what we I wouldn't mean, be like, doing it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even, even, even beyond that, like, I mean, we have fun too with all of you, you know, like it's a, it's a fucking blessing to like have all these people around that we get to talk to and interact with. Like, my life is richer for it. I'm sure yours is too. Like, thank you. Thank all of you. It's so fucking cool. Um, and listen, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll just use the first initial J J. Um, let's get back to depressing the hell out of you now with the certified terrifying corner. Woo! Turn go. that steering wheel to the <laughs> right and get onto the side of the highway. All right. So look, folks, we'll start with a fun one. Um, <laughs> Representative George Santos of New York. I'm so fucking sick oh, of this guy, man. I gotta <laughs> tell you. So this story is just hilarious. So, okay. First of all, we are recording this. So, by the way, we're doing one episode for December. Um, so this is going to be your big December end of year holiday episode. Congratulations. We'll make it worth it. Exactly. So it, it is Saturday, December 2nd as we record this. Lord knows what will happen in the rest of this month, but here we are. Anyways, uh, it was just yesterday, actually, on, on the 1st of December, that George Santos became, I think, like maybe the the eighth uh, sixth, congressperson, sixth. Oh, sixth, the sixth congressperson in history to be expelled from the House of Representatives. So what this means is that he's no longer he's no longer a congressperson. Right. Um, and so he's this is happening because it was discovered that he used campaign funds to um, get Botox to have only fan subscriptions and to like travel and like he bought a belt at Hermes and like a bunch of other shit. Like it, it, this story is wild. We we already know that like he was a secret drag queen. 
and like all the just insane. And now he is gone. And I got to tell you, the memes and the gifts out about this right now are so good. Just just fucking search it anyway. Just whatever platform you want, you're going to find some choice shit out there. And it is fucking funny. So that is just a fun one to share right now. Goodbye, George Santos. This is why gay people should not be in... No, no I'm just joking. <laughs> no, um, this guy sucks. Um, not my representative so yeah, yeah. hopefully he's gone forever and we never have to talk about him again <laughs> yeah just i mean I, I i gotta be honest i don't even care if the, if the dude goes to jail like just it's almost like just let him fade into obscurity you know like, don't, no, don't the, give him don't give him any attention at all just go like just get away literally this is the last time i on this show that i ever want to talk about him yeah. because this guy does not deserve <laughs> the time <laughs> yeah just just really gross uh, the next item here is just another continuation of the Israel-Hamas war. Um, you know, it's it's going on to the second month now. Thousands are dead on both sides of this war. Just terrible stuff. Um, you know, I, I think what's interesting to, to, to update folks on now is just that there have been hostage hostage exchanges um, that in a very short-lived uh, uh, truce or sort of a, 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 a mini ceasefire. Um, and that ceasefire was broken by Hamas when Hamas went into Jerusalem to a bus stop and shot three people in Jerusalem. Um, it's wild. It's insane. And um, I, I, I still stick to my guns that um, the the rise in anti-Semitism is just so pernicious right now. And, you know, you mentioned Hanukkah earlier, um, um, Andrew, and I think it's it's really important to note that, like, there are cities uh, all around the world who are not putting up like, you know, just like you put up the big Christmas tree in the town square, they put up the big menorah too. There are, most places aren't doing that. I actually walked by the Chris Kindle market in um, Chicago when I was there last week. Um, there would usually be a menorah there. There was not one. Um, and it's just a good indication of how Jewish people are feeling, which is they are scared to be visible right now. And I have friends who have taken the mezuzah off their door they're not wearing their uh, their mug and Davids. Um, they're not uh, wearing their kippas or, um, or 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 any other sort of covering, and they're hiding themselves uh, from the public of being Jewish because they are terrified of what might happen to them on the streets. And so, to any of our Jewish listeners, I send you a lot of love um, and a lot of support because I think what's happening in this world is terrible, and I think nowhere near enough people are talking about it, um, especially right now. So, that's my take on it. Yeah, well, um, if you do live in Chicago and you want to see some uh, representation, uh, Lincoln Square does have a huge menorah. Oh, good. Right I'm glad to, to hear that. Right good. next to the Christmas tree. Uh, and the Christmas tree is decorated in blue and white. Oh, so, good. Um, just if, if you want that little bit of celebration or maybe you want that photo opportunity with, with your Jewish family, you're more than welcome to come up to Lincoln Lovely. Square. Hit, hit Andrew up. He lives right over there. Um, and Lincoln Lincoln Square, if you've never been to Lincoln Square in Chicago, let me tell you. In Christmas? Like, Ooh, oh, my God. It child. is. It is. It, it's 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 like going to a little tiny German town. It's it's just so it's so cute. So get your we ass do it. We do it right up here in Lincoln Square. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is something that is specific to Dublin. Um, and I was in. In the United States of America for Thanksgiving with my family. Um, got to see Andrew and Michael when I was there, as well as Kyle Curry. Kyle, hello. Nice to see you. Um, and thank you for... The, Kyle also gave me a really lovely gift 
Uh, gave me book. one too. Good. Uh, it was a book all about Belfast that I, I really treasure. Um, and then thank you for that. Uh, but while I was in America on Thanksgiving, um, it was uh, really awful to see uh, on Twitter because I just happened to sort of like take a glance at Twitter for a moment while I was, you know, hanging out um, that there was suddenly a riot that had erupted in Dublin. And and what happened was this. There was a uh, a child and I believe her parents uh, in a, an area in the north part of the city called Parnell Square. Um, and th- these they were coming out of this child's school and a crazy person who happened to be um, Algerian, but also an Algerian that has lived in Ireland for like 20 years. Uh, we don't know why, but for whatever reason, he stabbed these people. He stabbed them, oh, which God. is it, insane and terrible and very fucked up and shouldn't have happened. Um, he was captured and the guardie, which is what we call the police, you know, have him in custody and blah, 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 blah. Um, at the same time, that 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 knife attack was stopped by another immigrant to Ireland uh, who comes from Brazil. Um, he is a Deliveroo driver. Deliveroo here is like Grubhub, basically. Um, he got off his scooter, took his, you know, pretty massive like scooter helmet and beat the fuck out of that guy so that he would stop stabbing these people. So then the Irish far right, man, I got to tell you, you want to meet some really annoying motherfuckers. The Irish far right are fucking annoying as fuck. So and they can are, I, uh, yeah, they can I get go. some clarification really quick on the far right what it means and does far right in irish or in ireland mean far the same as far right here it does yeah i mean mean, basically it's like you know right and left are a little bit different like you know i i I think i've talked about this before whereas like the ruling the ruling parties here right now the people who who the parties who are in power like they are considered right-wing parties but like honestly fina fall and finnegale those are the two parties they are they're basically Democrats. Okay. <laughs> like that, okay. That's what they are. No, so the, only reason, the only yeah, reason yeah. I ask is because like, I've been listening to a lot about Australia lately. And Australia is kind of like the backwards. Like yeah. when you say like something is left, that means right here. Like, I, I don't know. It's very well, it's, hard. It's, it's, it's because they're, they're on the upside down of, of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to make sure I understood. So. No, yeah, it's it's definitely a good question. But the the far right people here basically believe this, and I won't spend too much time on this, but I'll, I'll let you know because it is it's a pretty interesting thing that that has occurred here. The far right in Ireland believe in something called Ireland is full, and that is a phrase that they use all the time because they think that immigrants are bad, and they especially think that what they call unvetted men. Um, from, you know, the places that you would usually think that far right people would hate. So like the Middle East and, you know, South America and all that other bullshit. They think that unvetted men are coming into the country to steal jobs and like rape their women and like kill people. That That's like the basic mode of thought here. That is not the case in Ireland. Um, as an immigrant, I can say that, although people love to just kind of think of Americans as not immigrants, but we are. Um, anyways, um, so the far right used this opportunity to get on Twitter and rile people up and get them into the center of town and wreak fucking havoc. These people burned a bus. They burned uh, we, our, our tram system here, which is like, you know, like like the, the L in Chicago. It's called the Lewis. They burned a Lewis <laughs> fucking train, which was insane. They destroyed shops. They looted everywhere. They beat people up. It was crazy. And when you watch these videos of what was happening online, you know, you've got the, the far right people going, look, it's, it's all the immigrants doing it right now. You go ahead and watch the videos. 
like, you know who the people are? It's a bunch of white Irish people doing it. That's who was doing this. And like the other thing that's interesting about Ireland is that our cops, the guardie, or we, we call them guards, the guards don't carry, I mean, Andrew, this is crazy. They don't carry anything with them. Like the only people that carry shit are like the, like the response unit. So like there are people that have shields and they have batons and they have like pepper spray, but like that's only a small part of the force. Most of the cops out there, they don't carry a fucking thing. Not even so they, like tasers or anything? N- not even tasers. They don't even have huh. body cams, right? So they had to go into this in, like, fucking insanity in town with like basically their bare hands, which was just wild in itself. So it was wild. It was crazy. And I got to tell you, like as I, – I, and people might – like I think that some people here might find it cringe that I say this, but I don't give a fuck. Like as an immigrant here, I found that pretty terrifying. I really did. And I, I really did think, you know, before I got on the flight to come back home, which is, you know, where I am now, I was thinking, boy, I, do I feel like comfortable going into, into town and like having people hear my American accent right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a pretty fucked up place to be. So I don't know. You know, we're going to see what's going to happen here in Dublin. Um, it's it, I, what happened was was crazy. Something like this hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Um, and it's going to be weird to see what, what's ahead for, for the city and for the country, because this is going to have reverberations for a very long time. Yeah. I told you when we met up that like the only footage, (laughs) because the footage is very limited here. Of course. the, The only footage that ever was shown was always of looting a footlocker. (laughs) And I was like, why? But like, so like. I don't know if you've kind of noticed this and I don't know if this is like just like a media thing or like what, but like they always love to show a footlocker being like broken into like everyone wants the shoes. Like, yeah. does, are shoes like a hot commodity that I don't understand? <laughs> well, I mean, like, like to be fair, like, I mean, like, if if you were to go in there and like, and I'm just guessing, I've, I've never looted before, but if you were to go loot like 10 pairs of Jordans, you know what I mean? You could sell those for a pretty penny. You know, like you could sell each one of those for like, I don't know, 300 euro at least. And you yeah. could, you know, just that right there, you'd have 3000 euro, you know, for, Guess for I just don't, nothing. I don't understand shoe culture. <laughs> you know, like I, 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 I have like my shoe things that I really love. Like I've got a couple pairs of Jordans and a couple pairs of this, that, whatever. And like, but I, I keep it calm, but some people go fucking overboard. Yeah, crazy. Man. I don't, I don't think I've ever spent more than $80 on a pair of shoes, but yeah, I am shameful. I have, I've spent too much on shoes. Anyway. But anyways, folks, that is the Certified Terrifying Corner on with the show. And Andrew, um, did you know? Well, wait, we've got a couple of things that we're going to share from, from us right now, aren't we? Yeah. Where do you want to start? Oh, with like the general stuff? Yeah, so I, I think that maybe we should do a little bit of personal stuff. People love when we do personal they do. stuff. They do. Yeah, they like know? to hear about our lives. Um, so do you have in your history, because mm-hmm. let's let's face it, you're either a good gift giver or you're not. Yeah. And let's face it, my parents were not the best gift givers. <laughs> they they tried their best, um, but there there definitely was a series of time in my history where we would go through the uh, Sunday newspaper and literally clip out pictures and put and and hot glue them to paper oh my God. and give them to our parents so, so that they classic. would know 
exactly what to get us um, <laughs> because they could not be trusted with just saying what we wanted. Um, and so do you have a favorite or least favorite Christmas present that you can remember from your childhood? Oh, boy. Uh, favorite probably would have had to have been like when I got my Nintendo 64. I would have Oof. been wow. because that was just like I was so happy. Now, I was did like, you oh, get God, that? God. So I have to I have to ask you this because. I, we also got a Nintendo 64, but it was a quote unquote family gift. Oh, was this, was, I see. was this for you or was it for the family? I think <sighs> like, did I, you ask for it? Yeah, I, I was okay. definitely that asked for it. I'm pretty sure it was like just for me, but like, of course, like, I mean, like me and my brother played it all the time. And even like my, my sister, Katie was still of there, course, there, of course, there yeah. too. So like we all played it, but that, that was definitely my gift. Now, the interesting thing about that though, was that was the year that I asked for a PlayStation first. And of so course, I, of course, <laughs> yep. so, but, but here's the thing. I got the PlayStation and I didn't like it. And so we took it back and I was like, you know what? I do want the Nintendo 64 after all. And I ended up getting that and I fell in love with it. Nice. Um, so I can remember a least favorite gift oh, tell me. and a very confusing gift for a, uh, young, probably like 12, 13 year old. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm opening presents and of course, you know, you get the clothing, you of always course. get some clothes and I open this gift and which it's I, a, which also I, I hate getting at Christmas. Like, don't get me clothes, please. Don't just, just let me pick out my clothes. Thanks. Bingo. Like, because ultimately you're going to insult me in some way, shape or form <laughs> um, by getting me the husky jeans. That's so true. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so I, I'm opening this and it's like a, a pack of clothes and, you know, like whatever. It's got stuff in there. And I, I look at this one T-shirt and it's a picture of a bright green alien head. What? And it says on the, it says on the shirt, my ideal man. What? And to a young gay kid who was not out at the time, I was petrified that I had just been outed by my mother. <laughs> like your, your mom got you that? And I think she just thought it was funny. Oh my God, and, that's not funny. But <laughs> like, I took like, it now in a completely different way. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you don't get that for your kid. No. <sighs> oh, listen. I okay. My mom is not the greatest gift giver. Like, just she's just not like that. It, Clear, it's no, clearly, <laughs> well, and it's it's no like. Listen, she passed it on to me because, like, when I am forced to give gifts, yeah. aka the holiday season, birthdays, da 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 da, my mind goes blank. I don't know what to get people. Yeah, fair enough. However, if I'm somewhere and I see something. I can automatically assign that to someone and be like, oh, that'd be a really good gift for somebody. And I will buy it and I will give it to them. It's the forced gift giving where I panic, <laughs> if that makes yeah, any sense. I mean, I, I get that. You know, the, the thing with me is that I'm not really a big gift giver in the first place. Like I, I like getting gifts. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really the same. Like if, if somebody gets me something, I'm, of course, very grateful. Um, I prefer to give a gift instead. Um, but I would much rather like just go have dinner or go do a thing or have an experience than like get something from somebody because I just, I already have all the things that I like and I'm a pretty picky person and I don't need someone to pick something out for me. If I'm being honest, like it's probably yeah. not going to be 
the best. But I mean, I've gotten some lovely things. Like, you know, I've got a couple of sisters who are excellent gift givers. And like, when you get a gift from them, it's like, oh, that's incredibly thoughtful. Like, thank you so much. Um, and like, you know, to be fair too, like my mom worked, she, how on earth she managed to get gifts for nine children over all those years oh, and make and make Christmas, make Christmas really amazing every time. I, I really mean that, especially for a woman who grew up so poor, she never got Christmas gifts from her parents ever, ever from her parents. So like she, she, she took her experience and was like, my kids are going to have whatever they want. And that's what she did. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But also I'm like, mom, you didn't have to do all that. Like looking back at it, like I, I wish I hadn't asked you for anything now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, speaking of terrible gifts, can I share with you some terrible gifts that I found online? Yes, please. People. So bloody this thing. first one. <laughs> this first one, my extended family used to do this thing where you'd put your name on a piece of paper and put it in a hat and then draw someone out. Secret Santa, you know, okay. you, yeah. everyone does it. Um, I got two terrible gifts on consecutive years. <laughs> this is really funny to me. Oh, I don't God. know why, but <laughs> the first terrible gift was a DVD of Fast and the Furious 3. I wow. literally, <laughs> I'd literally never watched even a second of those movies. And I'm pretty sure the franchise was up to like four or five at that point. <laughs> That is wild. <laughs> the very next year, someone got me a cheap pair of fake leather driving gloves, and they were about two sizes too small. So for me, not being a quote-unquote car guy at all has somehow convinced my aunts and uncles that I'm secretly a Tokyo Drift racer or something. Wow. Very, <laughs> very strange. Um, the next one, I bought my whole family tickets to see Jam James Brown live. Literally within minutes of them opening their presents, it was announced on the, on the news Christmas morning that James Brown died. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 no. You poor person. Oh, God. Um, and then finally, an ex gave me an engagement ring for herself on the idea that I would propose to her. She also gave specific wow. instructions on how and when I should do it, as well as stipulations on when and when and where the wedding would be planned. We had a terrible relationship, and I had been planning on breaking up with her right after the holidays, which I did. <laughs> I, I think that that was, that was a wise move, uh, person, and that is terrible. That's awful. And then one one more, just because I think it's really funny. Um, it, I, <laughs> this person, they literally just put... A set of miniature butter knives with ceramic arts, <laughs> ceramic fruit and vegetable as the handles. I can From actually an aunt, see those in my head right yeah, now. We we all know what they are. <laughs> From an aunt who said I was quote unquote too hard to shop for. I was seven. <laughs> oh, oh my god! That 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 reminds me. I so I have a um, my godparents uh, are insane. I don't know why my mother and my father chose these people, but they did. My godfather um, is in prison for being a cocaine dealer. And my godmother is in prison for election fraud. That's just how right. my godparents, that's, oh, how they, that's how they wound up. Um, but my godmother, her name was Debbie, um, who was pretty awful, to be honest. I think that's, um, ever, I think that's everyone's godmother's name, yeah, right? Debbie. But <laughs> um, Debbie, one Christmas, got me an, uh, an alarm clock. But like, cool. like, like one of those, like, but like, like a, like an old person one, it was like, it was a clock radio. Like it was a, like it, it literally a, goes like, eh, eh, yeah, it, was, eh. it was, it was a clock radio that like the bitch probably got in like a Walgreens. You know what I mean? And I, I remember opening it and thinking like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? The, like, <laughs> am I like, am I like 40 years? Like, why did you give me this? Like, and I was, I was like, oh, thank you. Great. See, <laughs> as stupid as that is, stupid. if I would have opened that as like a 13 year old, I'd have been like, wow, I am an adult now. <laughs> wow. Thank you. This is amazing. Thank you. I can wake up on time oh without my, my mother. <laughs> I can listen to the radio as I go to sleep. Oh I my can God. listen to Delilah as I fall asleep. Delilah. Oh, listen. It, it, <laughs> I don't know if we've ever brought up Delilah on the podcast before. Yeah, before, yeah. We've had many, many musings about our childhood with Delilah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember, remember how much Delilah loved that bitch was always talking about coffee. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's like, oh, I got a nice big warm cup of coffee right up here at the microphone with you tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we should get gosh. we should get Delilah on the show. Is she still alive? I have no idea. <laughs> yes, okay. she's still on the radio. Listen, if anyone has if any if you know who Delilah is, and if I I actually really mean this, if any of you have a connection to Delilah. You get in touch with us, and we will have her on the show in one way or another. She's probably a secret horror movie fan. Who knows? Yeah. All right, Maddie, the yes. next question. Do you have a favorite holiday song? Uh, yeah, I actually I, – I have many, um, but I'll narrow it down. So first off, uh, I'll give you an album, and I'll give you an actual song. So wow. the album – the album for sure is a Charlie Brown Christmas um, from the Vince Guaraldi trio. Um, I adore – I fucking adore Charlie Brown Christmas. I watch it every year. Like I also watch the Muppet Christmas Carol and I also oh, watch Muppet it's Christmas Carol. So good. It's so good. Um, and Charlie Brown Christmas, it's all jazz because it's, it's Vince uh, Guaraldi and you can hear that music in your head right now that do, 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 do. So I love that album. I actually put it on today because I put up my Christmas tree today, Andrew. Um, and so that's my album. Today too. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Yes, we are gay. Um, we, uh, that's my album. My favorite holiday song, though, around Christmas is Oh Holy Night. And I love Oh Holy Night. I, I like start, I start crying song. like every time I hear it. There was one, there was one Christmas where me and Bridget um, put together a playlist of every version of Oh Holy Night that we could find and then just turned it on and kept listening to it over and over again. Um, I just I adore that song. I, I think it's a beautiful song. Uh, in the original French, it's gorgeous too, and um, it's just it's gorgeous. I think also I love it because it's it's my mother's favorite Christmas song, um, and she gets really emotional when she hears it. And so I think just from Chris like childhood watching her really love it so much, I think that's what probably engendered it in me too. How about you? Is it is it weird that I think that song is spooky? Mm. Like in certain renditions, it it sounds just like a little bit like ominous and spooky well, I mean, so i mean here's the thing like um i mean no one expected a little bit of, of like church geek but i mean it, the season is spooky right yeah and like yeah. there's actually like there's there's um I, I read a good article the other day from my friend tim brown who's a he's a lutheran uh he's a lutheran minister in in america um and he was writing about how like you know the christmas season when you go out shopping and whatever else it's so bright and light but like the the idea of like the season leading up to it called Advent is that it actually starts in darkness. And so it starts with like, you know, being really, really dark. And then, you know, slowly the light begins to build and build and build until finally, you know, the, the light is there at Christmas, blah, 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 blah. So it's it's two different ways of looking at it. Hmm. Um, and, you know, like actually there's one of the things I was going to talk about today was how the, the, the original traditions for Christmas were actually telling ghost stories at Christmas. 
and not like, you know, sharing stuff about like, hey, here's a good Samaritan. No, it was like, here's a ghost story about how shit is fucked up. And like the season's kind of hopeful. I mean, think about A Christmas Carol, right? It's a story about ghosts. So yeah. like, I mean, I, I actually get that it, that it feels a little bit creepy to you. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So classically, I am not like, listen, I, I think Christmas has like it's it's great times. I, I love getting together with people. It, for me, Christmas is a little bit too heavy on expectations. Oh, and 100% like, agree with you. Like, I get it gets me a little stressed out. I'm not going to lie. We've uh-huh. had a whole episode all about holiday stress. You can go yeah. back, I think, like three years ago when we when we talked about holiday stress. But um, my favorite holiday song is one of the newer. If you want to, like, put it in canon, it's one of the newer, quote unquote, ones. But it's from, like, the 80s. So it's not really. But like, sure. I, I always really love uh, Wonderful Christmas Time. Oh, yeah. It's um, lovely. Um, I I just uh who, who Paul McCartney right Paul McCartney yeah, yeah. um I just that one always like gets me just like a, my shoulders shimmying you know like yeah just, yeah so I I like I like that one um of course there are a lot of ones that I I really do like there are a couple of ones that I really don't like yeah um like uh what's the one where she talks about buying the car like turn car. down the chimney tonight Santa, Santa baby. I think oh, Santa I, Baby I, I hate Santa Baby. I really, really hate it. <laughs> um, the one where he talks about raping the woman, essentially. I, I, so okay, wait, wait, wait. Look, I don't, I don't agree with that conjecture. I don't. He's trying to get her drunk so she'll stay. No, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I don't like I, that one. It's I not, think they're just. I think they're just two people on a date. Is what I think. I think people read a little bit too much into that one. Well, we can agree to disagree on that one. Fair enough. Um, uh, okay, so did you grow up with any weird traditions in your family? Uh, not really. I mean, I, th- I think it was all pretty standard American fare. You know, I mean, I, I, everyone does it a little bit differently. I would say that, like, for us, Christmas Eve was always the big event uh, as opposed to Christmas yeah. Day. So, like, Christmas Eve was when, you know, somebody would have the big party um, and, you know, everyone would go and the adults would get drunk and the, the kids would play and all, all that kind of stuff. Send them and down then, to the basement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Christmas would be, you know, just like everyone just stays at their house basically and, you know, plays with your new toys. Um, other than that, I mean, like, uh, you know, for us, I guess going to going to midnight mass was definitely a tradition for sure. Um, and that was when midnight mass was actually still at midnight. Um, or it would be like it would be at like 11 and then it would end at midnight. Sure. Um, so that was always fun. I, I actually really did enjoy doing that with, with my, my mom never went, but my dad would always want to go. Um, and uh, my dad would also watch uh, the Pope doing midnight mass in Rome too. So that would have happened at like uh, five o'clock probably on Christmas Eve. So I would, I would always like watching that with him. Um, and just like, you know, kind of the usual shit, like, you know, sing songs and eat a bunch of food, like, like you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think like the only tradition that like uh, was like quote unquote like different was that we would always get to open a present on Christmas Eve. Oh, us like, too. Yeah, yeah. And I, and honestly, nine times out of ten, it would be hand picked and it would be pajamas. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was like a secret signal to like go to bed. Um, <laughs> the only other thing I can think of is um, I would always wake up super super fucking early Same. on Christmas Day, and so I would wake up my little brother, and we would always watch VH1. I don't know why because what VH1 would always play. 
an interesting tradition. <laughs> well, because they, they would always play like um, Christmas song music videos on uh, Christmas oh, Day. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, sure. So we would watch that until my parents woke up, like because we weren't allowed. My parents had a very strict rule, and I think now that I'm an adult, I understand that they wanted to sleep in, but they were like, "You cannot wake us up. Like we will get up, we will open presents, it will all happen. I promise." but don't wake us up. <laughs> so, I thought that that was a funny one. I love that. Uh, um, do you want to hear some weird, um, and I just, I don't want to say weird. It's just uh, strange to us global holiday yeah. tradition. Tell me some. Go ahead. So the first one is from Catalonia. Uh, this is the pooper and the pooping log. <laughs> now, see, I don't like poop. Um, yeah. So I would not be into this tradition. This is actually in it, it. When I read about it, I was like, this is so funny. Like somebody just did this as a joke one time and it just caught on. Um, so it says for some. Oh, and this comes. Oh, where did I get this from? I forget. Board Panda, I think, was the, okay. the website that I got this from. Um, the pooper and the pooping log is for some inexplicable reason. Catalans observe not one, but two poo based Christmas traditions that will that put a so smile on your face. Fucked up. That's so weird. <laughs> um, the first is the caganer, roughly meaning the pooper, a figurine of a pantsless peasant laying a cable that snuck into the nativity. And by cable, I mean a poop that snuck onto the nativity scene alongside Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. What? So imagine, I, I saw a little figurine of this. It's basically a little figurine of a man squatting, and you put him somewhere on the nativity scene. <laughs> he just, um, he's just there. Uh, that is, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, and the second is the cagatillo, or the pooping log, which is a small stick with a smile on its face that lives at the dinner table in December. It's quote unquote fed every day with nuts and sweets to keep him warm. And, and it's kept warm with a blanket. Then on Christmas Eve, it gets beaten with sticks to poop out the presents. Ah. <laughs> uh... What? I love it. I kind of love it, though. Don't you want that a little is, candy nut on Christmas Eve? <laughs> you know, I just, oh, that is just, that's of all the traditions that, that could have come to be in Catalonia, I just would have never thought that those would be it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that wouldn't they, be just, they just really like a good movement in that's, Catalonia. Oh, I, I guess so. so, don't they? My goodness. <laughs> all right. The next one is from Iceland in the Yule Lads. Um, Icelandic kids don't lads bless them. (laughs) The Icelandic kids don't just get one Santa Claus. They get 13 mischievous trolls roaming the country in in the fortnight before Christmas, like Snow White, Seven Dwarfs. Each of the 13 Yola Svenlnar, I think, which roughly is Yule Logs. Yule lads, I mean. Um, Yule Log is a totally different thing. Um, Has his own personality, including doorway sniffer, spoon licker, sausage swiper, candle stealer, curry (laughs) gobbler, and the ominously named window peeper. Uh, Each takes turns visiting children who leave shoes in their bedroom window, dropping off presents for the good kids and rotting potatoes for the bad ones. (laughs) Wow. Just... Wow. I I had never heard of this before. So 
to see doorway sniffer, spoon licker, and sausage swiper. I was like, <laughs> you know, it's the, the the sniffer thing. But reminds me of uh, you know my my brother in law is a is a sheriff in Indiana, and um, he talks about like there's this culture of like. I guess there's a culture of ladies who really like policemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And do you know what they call them? No. Don't Hol- tell me. Holster sniffers. <laughs> oh, no. And every time I hear it, I just laugh and laugh. It's so funny to me. All right. And one last one. La Bafana in Italy. Because I do know, you know about La Bafana. I do know about it. We, we, we both visited Italy together. It was very La fun. Bafana. Um, so Italian Christmases are celebrated with a wine drinking witch. And no, we don't mean <laughs> just saying that out loud is it's so stupid. <laughs> and no, we don't mean that alcoholic auntie from the dodgy side of the family. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Twelve days after Santa's visit on the eve of the Epiphany, January 5th, families across Italy leave out a glass of vino and a plate of sausages for La Befana, who pops down on who pops down the chimney on her broomstick, according to folklore. The old lady knocked back an invitation from the three wise men to witness the birth of Christ and was so devastated about missing it, she spends every Christmas time gliding around the country searching for the baby Jesus. La Bafana. Thank you, La Bafana. <laughs> By a, I do wine, like a wine-drinking witch. I do, I do like that. But um, can we end? I, I do want, because I found this totally interesting and you brought it up earlier. I do want you to share about this history of ghost stories at Christmas time, and then sure. we'll move on to the rest of the show. That sounds good. This has been a fun segment. Um, so, yeah, there is a history of holiday ghost stories, and this article comes from the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. Um, it's a good one. So I'll just I'll go ahead and read it to you as I often do in episodes. Um, so the song Jingle Bells, Chestnuts Roasting Over an Open Fire, Various Types of Poultry and Assorted Shrubbery, and Horror Stories. One of those things doesn't quite seem to fit with the others, but scary ghost stories and tales of the glories, you'll remember that from a song, mm. have been an integral part of Christmas celebrations for certain cultures for centuries. But how did something that is now much more associated with the fall and Halloween end up a quintessential but quickly diminishing Christmas tradition? Like so many of the things that we now celebrate as part of the season, we must look past the symbols used in Christmas celebrations to earlier pre-Christian times. Oliver Cromwell may have been hinting about the less-than-Christian origins of some holiday traditions whenever he and the Puritans, what awful people they were, created an ordinance in 1644 following the outcome of the English Civil War, which abolished the Feast Day of Christmas, as well as Easter and Whitsun, another name for the Festival of Pentecost. Shops were to remain open, and soldiers would patrol the streets and seize food being prepared for a feast on those days. Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> Oliver Cromwell, by the way, who was the scourge of Ireland, um, he was a, an actual demon on this earth. He was a piece of shit, and I hope that he is roiling in the flames right now. Anyways, we really uh, want to abolish feasts. That's what <laughs> they did. Um, from 1659 to 1681, the Massachusetts Bay Colony in what would become the U.S. banned the celebration of Christmas. They were a lot of fun here, too, with the penalty being a five-shilling fine, approximately three days' wages for a skilled tradesman. 
Many modern Christmas traditions are a conglomeration of cultural and spiritual beliefs throughout time. The Yule log, as well as Yule season, are often linked to pre-Christian celebrations of the solstice in pagan traditions. The winter solstice, also known as the hymal solstice, hibernal solstice, or simply midwinter, is caused by the angle of the Earth's axis reaching its maximum tilt away from the sun. The event causes the seasons on Earth, with the solstices falling on the points where the axis points directly towards and away from the sun. In the southern hemisphere, this is reversed, with the winter solstice falling in June, making surfing at Christmas an appealing thought. During the winter solstice, it was tradition to sit around the fires built to ward off the darkness with the Yule log and celebrate the rebirth of the sun. Humans haven't changed much biologically in several thousand years, and a person's physical reaction to a harmless scare, elevated heart rate, endorphin rushes caused by adrenaline, is still essentially the same. The reaction to hearing a ghost story around the burning Yule fire became a tradition, a feeling of warmth and group bonding at what was the coldest and darkest time of the year. This tradition lasted for several hundred years until Christmas celebrations were halted by the Puritans. Despite many of the traditions making a resurgence during the Restoration, uh, around 1660, the damage had essentially been done. Along with reducing the importance of feast days during the Enlightenment and Industrial Revolution, many Christmas traditions were now seen as old-fashioned. This abruptly changed in 1843 with the publication, and I said this earlier, of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. While there was a small resurgence of Christmas spirit taking place as a counter to the dehumanizing aspects of the Industrial Revolution, Charles Dickens was able to capture this burgeoning moment in the text. His story helped reinvigorate Christmas traditions with a focus on the more humanistic aspects of the holiday, global peace and forgiveness, filial love, and goodwill towards humanity through good works. This caught the Victorian imagination and spawned an entire set of Christmas works by Dickens, including The Chimes, The Cricket on the Hearth, The Battle of Life, and The Haunted Man and The Ghost's Bargain. Most of these works revisit themes about the crushing effects of capitalism and redemption that are found first in A Christmas Carol, though, interestingly enough, never quite approach the commercial success of his first work in the genre. From there, A Christmas Carol, or as it may be thought of, a holiday ghost story, has become a cultural phenomenon. Bah humbug, the phrase most often representing Ebenezer Scrooge, has entered the popular lexicon. The figure of Father Christmas helped inspire Thomas Nast during his creation of the modern portrayal of Santa Claus. And the story has been retold in film no less than 27 times since 1901, most importantly immortalized as a cultural touchstone in 1992 by... The Muppets. Thank you very much. And you need to watch the one with the added number because that's the only way to watch it. (laughs) 100%. So this Yule season, relax in the glow of the Yule log, friends and family, and perhaps consider something to send a chill down your spine that isn't necessarily from the weather. It is one of the oldest traditions after all. And as Dickens reminds us, let us keep Christmas well. What a great little article, huh? Isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. And I think that, like, is (laughs) 
as a mostly Christian nation in, 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 in both of where we live, mm-hmm. let's not remember where our traditions come from. And you, you echoed it a little bit in that yeah. article, but it all comes from pagan traditions. So yeah. stop with all your Christian craziness, you crazy <laughs> Christians. <laughs> you stole everything anyway. You did it. You stole it all. <laughs> so look, folks, that is our horror in real life episode. Uh, not episode, segment. Thank you. This isn't the whole episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And, um, you know, look, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Whatever it is. Um, hope you enjoyed that. And let's move on, Andrew, to what do we do next? What's next? Next? Well, well the logical place to go is... What you been watching, bitch? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, kids, it's that time of the show where we're talking all about what we've been watching. It's the best segment in the world. What you been watching, bitch? What you been watching, you ho, 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 bitch? Yeah. So this is the segment where we literally, I, I just told you, but we're going to talk about <laughs> what we've been watching. So, uh, Maddie, what you been watching, you little Christmas bitch? Uh, the first thing that I've been watching, and I'm going to start with um, uh, The Crown. So The Crown had its, uh, so The Crown is entering its final season. They're doing it in two parts. Um, the Crown, of course, is on Netflix. Um, I have been a devoted fan of this from the very beginning i have a bit of a a extreme fascination with the royal family um i don't like the royal family but as an american i am just fascinated by people who think that like this is actually the way that it should be you know what i mean um and i gotta tell you this show is just astounding it's so fucking good and like each of the queens have been because they've they've followed you know queen elizabeth from you know when she was a fucking kid to you know when she's dead basically in, in this season um and each one of them claire foy and olivia coleman and now the woman i can't remember her name i hate myself she's she's in harry potter whatever um they're they're just they've all been so good and the people who have played um you know the duke of edinburgh the people who have played prince charles people who have played diana just oh, the show's so fucking good and the 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 kids who play the kids harry and harry and wills um, I love it. And they're doing um, this final season in two parts. So I've watched part one now. And that was six episodes. And then the next part, I think, comes out in January. Maybe I can't quite remember. Um, may, or maybe even this month. Anyways, whatever. Um, I loved it. It was great. If you are a fan of The Crown and you haven't watched it yet, watch it. I'm, I'm sure you're going to love it too. Um, but it really... Um, it made my little heart very happy to watch it again. It was really good. Oh, I'm very happy for you for that. Yeah. My first one is uh, a show that I don't think anybody's watching, but I think everyone should be. Okay. And that's Shining Veil. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I talked about this show on the show the first season or not. I don't remember. But okay. this is uh, Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear are the, okay. the, the two big stars of the show. And it's about a family who moves from New York City to Shining Vale, um, Connecticut. And it's kind of all of the horror tropes that you expect with like a comedic twist. That's the only way I can put it. Like the whole first season is kind of like The Shining, if you will. Sure. Um, And the whole second season is so good. The show is so good. And honestly, if you have not watched it, um, listen, 
everyone loves to talk about Jennifer Aniston. Da 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 da. She was yeah. not my friend. Like she was not my like quote unquote friend sure. from the show. Yeah. Courtney Cox was always my favorite, always from the beginning. Um, because I am a Rachel. I am I am that <laughs> okay. that kind of person. Yeah. But um. And so I watch her on everything. I liked I, a Cougar Town, like all these shows that she's done. This is probably her best. And okay. I think that everyone should be watching this. The second season picks up and um, I'll try not to give too many spoilers. But at the end of the first season, she goes to a um, mental facility because okay. she's like lost it, basically. Um, and this is her coming back and like kind of reacclimating with her family. But and this sounds really serious, but it's all comedic. It's all okay. funny. Like, um. And um, it, it's just, it's so good. I, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, it's got a little bit of like The Exorcist in this season. Okay. It's got a little bit of like, I don't know if you saw that movie, The Boy, where people live in the wall. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's got a little, it's got a little bit of that. It's like, it's basically these writers and Sharon Horgan, who is a very famous British actress. Sure. Yeah. Is one of the creators of this show. And if you've ever seen anything that she's in, she's hilarious. So you kind of get the humor. But like, this is the subtle humor that I love because there are so many shows out there that try to hit you over the head with humor. And this one's just like, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Like, yeah, I don't know what sure. to tell you. And everyone should be watching this. It's on stars. I'm sure you can buy seasons on Amazon or whatever. But, like, this show is definitely worth it. And I don't hear enough people talking about it. So that's Shining Veil Season 2. Okay, cool. I will check that out. I, you know, you I, would love it. You would actually love it. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been watching more funny stuff lately, which is good for me. <laughs> and, um... Uh, like I watch, I watch, well, actually I'm going to tell you about one in a moment. Anyways, um, my next one is called, it's not sh- <laughs> what? No, I just think it's funny that you're like, what? no, I'm sorry. What I do? Peek, peek behind the curtain, but you're like, I'm really excited to be watching more funny stuff. But my next one is Schindler's List. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to talk about a different one first. Um, well, you no, know, okay. Well, I'm going to talk about Schindler's List next, but I, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about that because it's it's too it's too funny not to know. Um, so yeah, no, I did I did watch Schindler's List again recently. It's been it had been a while since since I, since I watched. Sorry, it. I didn't mean to blow um, your spot. No, 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 really no, 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 no. You're totally fine. Um, look, like Schindler's List. Okay, the reason why I watched it was because uh, I mean, number one, I I own the movie. Um, I genuinely love the movie, uh, and I think it's a it's a, a very important film for people to continue to watch. And I also think it's one of those films that like people um, sort of like poo poo and they're like, oh, Spielberg is just way over the top and ridiculous and is too emotional and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think the Holocaust was? Like, do you think it was a fucking like party? Like, do you think people were like making it up? Like, this is what it fucking this is what it was. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And so I, I think it's just, it's one of the most important films about that period that has ever been made. Um, and I, it's, it's wonderful, as, you know, as, as wonderful as a movie about something so terrible could be. Um, and with all the stuff going on recently, I just, I was like, you know what? I just need to watch it again. And it reminded me of just how important it is to, to uh, educate ourselves about the Holocaust. Yeah, and of course. To, and, and to educate ourselves about anti-Semitism and about how these things start and it reminded me of like what's going on right now in Israel where, you know, there are Jewish people saying Hamas did these things to us. They raped a bunch of people. They killed children. They burned people alive. 
And people are going, no, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. I don't think so. No, Israel is just a big occupier. All that they are. I'm on TikTok all day long. Like, this is the fucking narrative right now. And that's exactly what was going on during World War II. Exactly the same fucking same thing. They were Jews were telling people, the Germans are killing us. They're putting us into these camps. And no one believed them. Not one person believed them. So, like, I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that never again is indeed happening now. And like taking that actually seriously and believing people about what they're saying is going on. It's not fucking Benjamin Netanyahu saying it. It's people who were fucking there. They were there. They were they were at that music festival. They were kidnapped by Hamas. You you fucking name it. And so that's why I think it's really important to watch it again. And especially if if you've never seen it, you should watch this movie. It's such an important film. So Schindler's List, there you go. Yeah. No, I I, I have seen the movie before. It's been a long time since I revisited yeah. it. But um, yeah, I just remember being very depressed. And obviously that's yeah. the point of the movie. But it's, yes. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's tough to watch. But I will say that it ends in hope, though. I do, I do think yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, similarly, what was the movie? The Boy in the Striped Pajamas? Oh, yeah. God, crazy yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, my next one, uh, turning a hard left to a, a to- totally different way, uh, is the is, hole. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have no, no, I'm just <laughs> No, um, this is Saw X or oh, Saw wow. 10. Yeah. How, Saw 10, how yeah. was this? Um, so Saw 10 takes a little bit of a, uh, a, a sharp turn in the, in the Saw storyline because it's actually set in between two other movies. Okay. So it's set in between Saw 2 and Saw 3. Okay, sure. Um, and if most most people of the Saw franchise that that love it, which I'm hit or miss on a lot of them, uh, I, I, I don't like a lot of them, but there are a couple that I think are you know, have some good messages or whatever. Okay, sure. Um, I, I think that most people in like the saw aficionados say like saw one through four is kind of like the, you know, heaven's gate of sure. That's, you know, like that's, that's the end. And then after that, it kind of goes off the rails. Um, so this being set between saw two and saw three, I was like, Oh, I'm interested. Let me see. Yeah. So basically what, what this is about is, uh, John Kramer, who is our, our main saw killer, Okay. Um, this is after he's been diagnosed with brain cancer and he's trying to find a way to cure himself. Meanwhile, <laughs> it's so funny because you're you're rooting for this guy who's actually like killing people. Sure. But, um, he's trying to find like a way to cure his brain cancer because they're basically saying it's inoperable, there's nothing we can do, like your insurance won't cover it, da 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 da. Um, and so he stumbles upon this like miracle therapy uh that's out of Switzerland, I think. Okay. It's out of like Eastern European, like you know, Nordic countries. And um, they basically say, like, yeah, we can cure you. Here's a person who's been cured. He meets them in like a support group, and they he goes to Mexico to basically undergo this treatment. And this is not a spoiler because it's in the it's in the trailer. Basically, yeah. these are swindlers. Like they swindle him out of a bunch of money. Okay. And this is his revenge on those people, basically, like setting them up to like get repentance get, for taking to get all the yeah, basically. Um, you know what? I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I I think that like these movies are very 
visceral obviously it's a saw movie um but i thought that this one actually took a little bit more time to develop the story and to develop a little bit more of the characters than a lot of these do and honestly if you even like saw a little bit i think you'll like this one so interesting okay i i liked it i thought it was i thought it was good um I mean, is it, it, it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a Saw movie. Like you're gonna get, yeah, your, of course, your torture and everything. But like, I thought that the message this time around, and given the day and age we're living in, they put a little bit more effort into this one. So I would recommend mm. it. Cool, nice. Um, my next one is called The Killer, um, which you can Saw watch this on, advertised. Yeah, yeah, I watched this on Netflix. Um, this is a great movie. It's really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it stars Michael Fassbender. Um, and it was who directed this? Let me remind myself. Crew. Uh, oh, duh. David David Fincher directed it. Um, and just a really great movie. Um, did you and, ever see? Did you ever see Alien Covenant? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, where he kissed himself. Mm, I mean, look, I wouldn't mind kissing myself sometimes. <laughs> if I'm being, I, I, you know, kissing yourself, I think you're probably the perfect partner for yourself. Let's just face it. You know. <laughs> I mean, um, anyway, but yeah, so this, this stars Michael Fassbender, but like the cast here is amazing. Like fucking Tilda Swinton is in this for God's sake. And I mean, like it is, it's really good. I, I don't want to give a lot away, um, but I had a wonderful time watching this. Um, it's basically about, uh, this isn't giving anything away. Michael Fassbender is an assassin essentially. Um, mm. And it starts with um, actually, no, I'm just going to say that because yeah, I'm just going to say that. Michael Fassbender is an assassin. That's all you there need. You go. go watch it. I I had <laughs> I had a great time watching it. Um, it's uh, it's about a hundred. Yeah, it's about two hours long. Um, it's on Netflix, so all of you can get it. Um, and I really I enjoyed it. I don't want to tell you anything else though, because at the very beginning things do happen, and it would just spoil it for you. So just take my advice and go watch the movie. There you go. Cool. I definitely, I definitely will. I mean, I love Michael Fassbender. I think he's same. We, I think he's like weirdly sexy. Like, yeah, you know, he is. Like, I get that. Like, yeah, like not like traditional my type sexy, but in, in, I don't know. Totally get that. Uh, my, my next one is the one of the newest ones on Shutter. It is this is. I'm sorry. This is the longest title ever, and I don't know why they didn't shorten it. But this is Hell House LLC Origins: The Carmichael Manor this is a sequel to the original hell house trilogy okay i, I guess I, I guess i shouldn't say sequel it's like a a side quill if you will like it happens okay. kind of like on the periphery of the other movies um and it's basically about like these two women and uh, the one woman's brother, they're going to investigate the Carmichael Manor where in the uh, not so distant past, a man went crazy, killed his family and then disappeared. Okay. And so they go to investigate the house. They're the only people that have been given permission to investigate the house. And then we find out that the clowns from hell house llc which we've talked about on the show before yeah. you can go back to our halloween special a couple years back um those clown puppets are in one of the bedrooms in this house oh and dear you don't and you don't know why and i don't want to give it away because that's kind of the twist of the movie but um they come across those clowns and you know inciting incidents happen um listen i and i think you also loved the first hell house llc yeah yeah we did. um 
I think the sequels are okay. I think the second one's pretty good. I think the third one kind of goes off the rails, but this one comes back because this one was really scary and really wow, fun. Okay. Um, I think that you'll like it because it does. Um, it, I, I struggle to give you this, like as you personally, Maddie, yeah, as sure, I recommend, sure, sure. because I know you don't love found footage, Yeah, but it's in the style of the original hell house LLC, which mm, okay. I liked. So interesting. Um, this one, I think it just, it gave a little bit more, um, how do you say like a little bit more history to kind of like what's going on with the whole, like the clowns and those, they, the, those characters. Okay. And I think it, it opens up the franchise for like a new way of kind of like taking this. So oh, interesting. If you, if you even liked hell house LLC or the sequels, even a little bit, I would definitely recommend the new one, the Carmichael nice. Manor. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, and my final one is none other than just simply curb your enthusiasm. Um, look, I've watched the show before. It's nothing new for me. And I'm sure a lot of you have too. Have you ever watched it, Andrew, actually? I actually never have. I, I And I think I would like it because I've seen clips. But Oh, man. I, it's, I, I fucking love, love, love this show. It's is it so still good. on? No, 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 no. It's it's okay. definitely it's definitely not it's it's not still on. Um, but it didn't is. It have didn't it have like a reboot of sorts? Um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay. Um, but like like the just like the good OG curb is just so fucking funny. And like, you know, I think that there are, you know if you either like Larry David or you don't. And, yeah, of course. Um, you know, or it's it's sort of like you either like Seinfeld or you don't. Like, there's really no in between. And um. I think that that Larry David is just like he's a cultural phenomenon in America. And like I think that the people who really like Larry David are the ones who look at his comedy and look at the show and they go, oh, my God, like that's kind of like my life. Like it's it's not your life at all. <laughs> but like you watch it and you're like, God, that, that same kind of shit happens to me, too. Like we're just people drive you fucking insane. You know what I yeah. mean? And that is what the show is basically about, about people driving Larry David crazy and blaming him for everything. <laughs> um, and I, and I love it. It's, it's, it's so funny. You know what it's, it's been really nice for me to like, not constantly watch about a bunch of just like really heavy shit and to end some of my days with just like watching a couple of hours of curb and just laughing at it. So it's, it's, it's been nice to return to it, um, in this, in this year. And I just, I love it so much. So if, if, if you're looking for a good laugh, you know, you can go back to the, even the earliest seasons and, and still get those laughs because it's still fucking funny. Do you know what show, when I see clips of this show, it reminds me of, and I don't know if you've seen this, but yeah. it's the, the comeback with, um, oh, Phoebe Buffet. I can't think of her actual okay. name right now, but, yeah. um, uh that 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 reminds me of like because she always kind of like gets blamed for everything yeah and, sure but so i i if you if you love curb your enthusiasm and you are out of it check out the comeback because I think yeah i will like it but um all right my last one is currently still in theaters i don't know by the time this comes out if it will be on demand but i'm, I'm assuming it will be quickly sure. because this is how things go now um it is thanksgiving oh yeah um, the eli roth movie currently in theaters uh this movie so i actually heard the um so what this is based off of if you've ever seen grindhouse in its original kind of two feature long with commercials da, 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 there's a trailer in there from eli roth called thanksgiving and originally right, yeah. what i 
originally what I thought was this was the um, movie version of that trailer. Since then, I have heard um, I have heard uh, interviews with Eli Roth, and he basically what he's saying is that that trailer is a lost film, and this is the reboot of that trailer. Oh basically. wow! So, so he put stuff in there that like homages to the trailer, but it's not actually that movie, which originally was what I thought. But I love um, that. I just think like. Listen, I think Eli Roth, his movies are very hit or miss for me. Um, I think that him himself is very sexy, but I think that some of his uh, gross out humor is not so sexy. And I think that some of it is a little distasteful, if I'm being totally honest on on some of his movies. This is not one of them. This is just gross out, fun, late 90s, early 2000s slasher craziness. Like it's... It's not going to reinvent anything for you, but if you like movies like Scream, like Urban Legend, like um, Valentine, like those kind of movies, this is going to be right up your alley because it's just all about a a horror. So basically what the movie is about is a horrible Black Friday, ding, 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 something we'll talk about in a little bit, Uh, Black Friday incident happens um, and the Carver, the Carver, the Culver. I can't think of his name right now. Um, But basically a serial killer comes out of an incident that happens on Black Friday a year previous. And then the next year on Thanksgiving, he's taking out his revenge on all the people that were involved. That's the basic of the story. And listen, this movie is just fun. Like it's so fun to go just go see in a theater and just be like, eat your popcorn and watch some people get stabbed. I mean, you'll see in the trailer, there's even a fucking those little corn cob things. Oh my that God. Get stabbed into somebody's ears. So which is good. Just hilarious. I don't know. But um, if you're a fan of like a traditional kind of like late nineties, early two thousand slasher, you're going to love this. So just go see it. Excellent. I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, well, folks, that does it for what you've been watching, bitch. Andrew brought us Shining Veil season two on Stars, Saw X on demand, Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor on Shutter, and Thanksgiving in theaters now. And Maddie brought us The Crown season six on Netflix, Schindler's List, which I'm sure is on demand somewhere. It is The Killer on Netflix, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, which you can now stream on HBO, whatever it's called. These yeah, days. whatever it is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our first film of the episode Black Xmas. 15 years ago, on Christmas Eve, His family became his victims. What have you done? Now. All roads and airports are officially closed. This one is not going to let up. A group of college friends. That sucks. Everyone should be home for Christmas. Are about to discover. Why don't you open the present we got you? Their house. I got it. Is his home. All is calm. All is bright. Who is in my house tonight? Don't you have lots of toys to deliver to good little boys and girls? You really shouldn't provoke somebody like that. And on December 25th. You're definitely getting punked. 
all he wants for Christmas. Is Megan in her room? Is a new family he can treat like his very own. Seen White Christmas and get ready for its weird cousin, Black Xmas. Andrew, tell us all about it. This holiday season, the sleigh ride begins. An escaped maniac returns to his childhood home on Christmas Eve, which is now a sorority house, and begins to murder the sorority sisters one by one. Written and directed by Glenn Morgan, also written by Roy Moore. The production company was Adelstein. Peru, I can't even say that. Peruse and, and Hard Eight Pictures, along with Hoban Siegel Productions. Kelly is played by Katie Cassidy. Melissa is played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Heather is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Dana is played by Lacey Chabert. Leigh is played by Kristen Cloak. Miss Mack is played by Andrea Martin. Lauren is played by Jan K. Crystal Lowe. Kyle is played by Oliver Hudson. Billy is played by Robert Mann and uh, always played by two different people. I didn't realize well, that. Well, it's Mann. the, it's the, it's the, the, there, there was like a, a young Billy and an old Billy. The old oh, Billy I is see. Robert Mann and the, the young one is who? Kanan. Kanan Weeb or yeah, Weeb maybe. And similarly, Agnes is played by Christina Cravici and Dean Friss. A man. Yeah. <laughs> and Billy's mother is played by none other than Karen Conneval. Uh, this is rated R. It comes in at 95 minutes, depending on which one you watch, because there are a couple different releases yeah. of this movie. Um, released on December 25th of 2006. Locations were included Vancouver, British Columbia. The budget was $1.5 million, and it only brought in about $268,000, which I think is because of it came out on Christmas. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly, right. Um, so obviously, this is a remake of the original 1974, Something I think, like that. movie. Um, listen, is this going to be that movie? No. No, but I think that it has something to say and we'll talk about that. But Maddie, what are your initial thoughts? And have you ever seen Black Xmas before? So, yeah, I, I have seen Black Xmas before. And I uh, remember the first time that I watched it was with my ex-fiance. And I think that I had actually asked you because it was it was just after Thanksgiving. And I think that I had asked you, like, what's a like, is there like a holiday horror movie that, that, that we could watch? And you said this one and then, and then we watched it. Um, it's just so, so weird looking back at that night. Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, so I watched this movie twice for this episode, which I sometimes do. Um, and the first time watching it again, which would have been the second time that I watched it, you know, in total, um, just sort of was like, this just isn't hit me right. And I just wasn't into it. Second time watching it was definitely better. I'll say. Um, and it just, you know, I was, I was able to sort of stick with it a little bit more and it, it kept my interest more and i don't really know why that is maybe i was just having a bad night on the first watch that could very well be it um but you know whatever like i mean look it is it's a it's a reboot or a remake however you want to think about it 
And um, it is what it is, is, is what I think. Like, this isn't one of my favorites. Um, I don't need to watch it again, um, even, even next Christmas. But, like, I think that, you know, I don't know. I'm not really sure how many people don't like this movie. I think that you probably have a better read on that than me, I would say. But, like, I, I, I don't get why people would hate it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I mean, I, I think, like, they do a pretty good job with it. And I think that Andrea Martin, uh, I, I am an Andrea Martin stan. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I fell in love with her first uh, with Hedvig and the Angry Inch. She plays, if, if you've ever seen it, she plays Hedvig's agent. And she is just one of the best parts of that movie. Like, she's just, she's so fucking good. And at anything that she's ever in, you know, she kind of always just plays herself, basically, Um, but like, that's cool because Andrea Martin is fucking weird. She's such a fucking weirdo. And so I, I loved watching her in this again. Um, you know, and I think that everyone else does a a pretty good job too. I I think in the first watch for me, like Billy's mom was maybe just a little bit overboard. If I'm being honest, she reminds me of the mom from, um, that Thanksgiving movie we watched a couple years ago, blood rage. Oh yeah. yeah. God, I forgot about blood rage. Yeah. That, and that, that makes sense. Um, so I mean, like when it comes to that stuff, like I, I think that, I don't know, it just, that, that parts, the, some of those parts didn't hit me right. But once again, on the second watch for, for this episode, it did, it hit me a little bit better at least. So I don't know. I, I mean, where am I going with this? I, I think for me, it's, it's, it's definitely not bad. It's not one that I'm a, a huge fan of or anything, but you know, look, second watch, I enjoyed watching it. It was fine. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's really kind of it, like in terms of like my first initial thoughts. Um, I think that, um, uh, on the second watch, like the Billy and Agnes thing was definitely, was definitely a little bit more like, like fucking weird for me. Like that's some weird shit. And also it reminds me of what was the movie we just watched recently where the guy was eating eyes. What was that? Oh, movie theater. Yes. Not, Not in English. The last matinee. Yes, the last matinee, and um, that guy eating eyes, and I, I hated watching that. And I was watching this, I was like, "Why you got to eat eyes? Why you got to <laughs> eat eyes? It's so hard to watch because we we all have eyes, and I don't want my eyes to be eaten." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Listen, so, if you're not an if you're not an eye guy, this movie's not for you. <laughs> it's really not. Um, like, don't don't watch it. Um, but yeah, so th- those are some of my initial thoughts. How about you? So I actually did go see this in the theater when it did came out. Did you really? Yeah. I, oh, I distinctly wow. remember like just being so excited for this because I, I I love these kind of movies, like these stupid slasher movies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was initially drawn in because of the cast. I mean, this is Lacey Chabert fresh off of Mean Girls. This is Katie Cassidy in her prime. This is Michelle Trachtenberg fresh off of Buffy. Like this is like my cast. So I'm like that. That's what like drove sure. me drove me to the theater basically and like honestly i love this movie <laughs> that's awesome i i think that the atmosphere that they set up with this is t- so 2006 that yeah. it's like it transports me to like college because like that, that this is like sense yeah when i was in college like you know and like I knew these bitches basically you know, like these were yeah. people that I knew and like, I don't know. There's just something about the writing that I think is actually really smart, uh, especially amongst the sorority sisters. Um, I think that like when um, Lacey Chabert, she's like, I'd like to bury the hatchet with my sister too. 
right in her head. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I just think, and there's like there's a part where Michelle Trachtenberg she runs up the stairs, and the one girl, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which I think is her name is Heather in the movie, she's like, "We're we're leaving," and she just goes, "I'm not leaving without Lauren, you bitch." <laughs> I just think there's like there's like little things like that that I always remember about this movie. Listen, I think that this movie is hated. I, I think it is. Um, I know a lot of people that think that this movie is really stupid and really gross. And listen, it is. <laughs> but like, I think that that's like where I think that it kind of just like knows what it is. Yeah, sure. It's, it knows that it's sleazy. It knows that it's like kind of gross and like over the top. And if honestly, you know, there are a couple releases of this movie. There's the one you can currently find on Shutter slash AMC plus slash Amazon. That one is a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not yeah. sure where you where where did you watch this? I watched the uh where did I watch? I watched this on I, I had to rent this actually. Okay. So I don't know if you did you have the cut where there was weird like fade to black moments? I don't think no, I don't think so. No. So the one that I watched was on AMC Plus, and I'm assuming it's also the one that plays for free on Freevee, which okay. is Amazon's new streaming platform. Which of course I can't get here. Go figure. And 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 that platform you have to watch with commercials. It's kind of like Tubi. Yeah. But they put the same cut on Am on AMC Plus. So it has like weird cutaways to where you're like, oh, obviously that's where it goes to commercial on the Sure on like the the free version of this um so it's a little bit like i don't know there's like a weird thing about it like it doesn't quite line up so that was if you watch that version i mean go for it but just be aware that that happens sure yeah um i also have i also have this on dvd from what 2008 oh my god and i have actually the unrated cut which i watched wow okay um, the unrated cut is a lot grosser. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, there's a lot more eyeball stuff and it's Ugh. a lot juicier. Oh, I'm never watching um, it. Never watching that. Never. So, I mean, pick your cut if you will. Um, but overall, like, I just think that like this movie for me is like an annual watch. And I'm yeah, like, kind of sure. ashamed to say that, but like, I can't don't help be ashamed. it. I just, <laughs> Why would you be ashamed? <laughs> I don't know. I just know a lot of people really think this movie's really just trash. And well, I, I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, like I said earlier, that that's the thing that I don't get is I don't get all the hate that this, that this gets. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like I said earlier, I, I, it's not my favorite. I, I don't really want to watch it again, but like, I didn't hate it at all. Like I, you know, like on the second watch, I had a pretty good time with it, but like, People who hate it, I just I can't understand what the reason is. I, I I will agree with you though. I do think that the flashbacks are the weakest part of the movie. Yeah. Um, just because it is kind of like a um I don't know. I, I get what they're trying to do. I get that they are trying to expand upon the original Black Christmas because in the original Black Christmas, you know, there's not really an explanation for who Billy is or yeah. what he, why he's doing this or whatever. And this gives a little bit more like backstory and sure. a little bit more like why he's doing this and blah 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 blah. Um, but I do think that it's, I don't know. It just it's it's really just over the top. Like <laughs> yeah. even like even like his jaundice is like people that have jaundice are not neon like let's yeah he, he, it's, it's like he came off of a fucking like like ufo or something seriously yeah. so i do think that some of that is not handled the best but like some of the greatest gore comes from that yeah. flashback like when that 
I'm sorry, but like everyone talks about the Christmas cookies and that's really gross. I will give you that. Yeah. But like when that Christmas tree topper goes through his stepdad's head, that is some gross shit. And and the eye comes out and shit. I'm like, fuck. Once again, the eyes. I'm like, fuck. Leave, Leave the eyes in the bodies, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I will say that I did notice on this time around that Bob Clark actually was an executive producer on this movie. So yeah. he did have a part in this movie. So that makes me a little bit more happy. That well, and he actually, Roy, like, Roy Moore, I think, wrote the original, didn't he? I'm oh, he did? Sure. Okay. I yeah. think that's what I read. Could be wrong. Um, a couple of things. I think that this uh, this cast, we've seen a lot of them before in the movies we've seen. Actually, yeah. um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and the woman who plays Lauren. I can't think of her name right now. Lauren uh, is played by Jan K. Crystal Lowe. Yeah. Um, they both appeared in Final Destination 3 together. Oh, interesting. Um, so we've seen these, we've seen these actresses before, but like I don't I can't think of another movie where we get so many 2000s like women all in one place and then also Andrea Martin which is just I, Andrea Martin is just so fucking good. And you know we should say Andrea Martin from the original so you know reprises exactly, not, repri- right. not reprises a role but you know comes back for a role. I think she makes a great um house mother. I love the part where she's in the car with Heather and she pulls out the ice scraper and Heather goes, what's that for? And she's like, oh, you stupid Southern. (laughs) There's little parts like that where she's really good. I think that when she opens her present and it's the laundry and she's like, who am I going to wear this for? There's like little things in there that I think that, you know, just shows that she's the actress that we know and love with Andrew Martin. I think that Katie Cassidy is a very unsung screen queen. Um, she was in a ton of these horror movies in the early, in the early to mid two thousands. I mean, we had nightmare on Elm street. She was in, um, Harper's Island. She's in this, she's like, she's everywhere in the two thousands. Now, Andrew, let me read you this statement and let me see how this lands with you. Cause I'm, I'm sure. looking, I'm looking at, um, folks know I like to look at letterbox reviews and, um, you can see reviews from friends, right? So these are, these are people like that, you know, we know from the podcast in one way or another, or, you know, horror Twitter basically. Uh, Keith Dooley says in, in his one star review of this, um, says that in this movie, they went the route of Rob Zombie's Halloween movies and over explained the killer's origins and motives. Sometimes keeping that kind of stuff a mystery is a good thing. While watching this, you can't help but wish you were watching Margot Kidder and company in a movie that drips with suspense, character and pure horror. How does that land with you? Do you think? Listen, do I think the original Black Christmas is superior to this movie? Absolutely. But they're two completely different movies. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and I, I, I don't agree with like the Rob Zombie statement. I understand what they're trying to say with like yeah, the backstory sure. of the killer. But like, I think that this movie's, and sorry for people that like Rob Zombie's movies, but these this movie is a 10 out of 10 in writing compared to a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the other thing too is like, I mean, like, look, like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Halloween fan, but I, I, I don't, I like Rob Zombie when Rob Zombie does Rob Zombie, right? So like, when it's like, yeah, thirteen, whatever the movies are, thirteen ghosts or thirteen corpse, thirteen thousand corpse, what, what I can't remember the names of them, but you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, those are good because like it's his shit and it just goes with it. Like, yay, cool. 
But like when it comes to like his remake of Halloween, I can't stand it. And no. I, you know, I I would agree with with Keith here that like yeah, they way over explain Michael Myers in ways that are just like okay, like it's like it's like hammer over the head. We get it, right? Um, but like with this, I didn't feel that way. Like no, I mean, while, while I while I even said that like the mom stuff was maybe a little overblown earlier, what I really meant by that was like stylistically it was overblown. Like, I, and yes, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, would like, agree with you. It's being told through a flashback, so I guess like you know the style can be a little bit you know more in your face, right? So like, in other words, like her makeup is really accentuated. It's a big like the the um the camera angle is like sort of like 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 a it's like a Jonathan Demi angle almost. It's like right yeah, in her face. Yeah. Like there's a big cigarette all the time, like, and she's sort of over the top. Like the lights that, are way too much. Right, like, exactly, yeah. right, right. So like, I mean, like that stuff, I I definitely get, but like, I don't know. I I don't think that the origin of Billy as like the the hated child, and then also as the the ill fated father slash brother of Agnes. Like, I don't think that the that story being told takes all that much time. Right. So, yeah. like, I mean, the movie is what was it? It's 95 90, minutes. It's, it's like 90 minutes. It's yeah. not that long. And so, like, the little time that they do spend with that is not that big a slice of the pie, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, I think that, like I said, I think it's the weakest part of the movie, but I don't think that it's like overblown. Yeah, if that makes you know, any it's, sense. it's funny where as, as, as usual, when, when we talk about the film, like I always talk myself up and I'm like, oh, you didn't dislike it that much, did you? Yeah. yeah. OK, <laughs> great. Okay. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to call out in this movie is so Kyle, who plays the um, ill-fated lover of our, our main protagonist, Kelly. Do you know who that is? Um, what was his name again? His name is Oliver Hudson. I don't remember who that, that is. That is Kate Hudson's brother. What? Are you yeah. for real? Yeah, for real, for real. He's cute too. Um, uh, I love the character of Lauren. I think her slowly getting drunk over the course of the movie is pretty hilarious. She has one part where she says, I'm starting to see the sugar pump fairies. I don't need to hear the little fuckers too. Andrew, <laughs> that was <laughs> Andrew, I just saw something by the way. Um in our last episode, didn't we have a movie that was produced by Mark Cuban or something like that? Didn't I think I so. That? Yeah. This executive also, producer on this one is Mark Cuban. I know. He's got his Isn't hands in everything. That little totally, shark tank bitch. <laughs> I just kind of kind of forget about that stuff. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I, I liked the little homage to the original where um, Eve gives the unicorn statue to Heather as a gift. I think that that was a, <laughs> yeah. a nice little homage to the original. Um, I do like that we have several kind of like faux villains. Like we think it might be Eve. It might be Lay. It might be Kyle. It, but in all this, we know that it's Billy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But what, but what we don't know, we don't really know the status of Agnes. And that's kind of the, you know, kind of the the twist, if you will. Yeah. Um, what I don't really understand, and this is in the casting, is why they cast a man to play adult Agnes. Why do you I, think they did that? I don't know, because she's very clearly a female presenting, like, woman. Well, or, and girl, I guess yeah, I should say, as as a little girl. Exactly, right. It, it, that, that did that did sort of mystify me too. And I mean, I, the it's, I mean, look, that would not happen today. Like not yeah. at all. Yeah. And I mean, and if they did do that, I think the horror community would pillory those people. And, that, and you know, to be fair, rightly so. I, I think that, um, I mean, like I have no idea why they made that choice for what, what's his name, David for Dean Frist to play. 
Um, also, do you know if Dean Friss has done more stuff like that before? Do you know? Dean I don't. Friss I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Neither do I. Um, I mean, I would say like it's certainly. I mean, maybe they did it. Maybe just thinking here, they did it because of like I, you know, what is it called like when um uh when it's when it's incest, the 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 coefficient, the mm. the like the the DNA coefficient is so like you know there, there's different levels skewed it, right? yeah and so like if it's a brother and sister like i mean it's or what oh no this would be a brother this would be a son and a mother right so like that that oh god it's just gross saying it but like that that coefficient would be so incredibly high that like the 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 offspring would there's no way around it the offspring would be deformed and so i will say that like I mean, and look, it's a fucking, it's, it's Black Xmas. I'm not looking at a it's documentary a horror movie, here. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> but like, I mean, like, I mean, just, you know, it's a saying, like if the, the, the young Agnes did not look anywhere near what a, a child with that coefficient would look like, like they would yeah. be, their, their face would literally be deformed and they, they, they probably wouldn't even be able to live that long, to be honest, because that is DNA that, that can't, it's not, it's not supposed to mix. That's just not how it works. So maybe they were just going for that, like, yeah, I don't make, know. make Agnes look f- as weird as they could, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why they did that, but it just it it struck me this time because this is one of the first times that I've seen this movie in HD because the all oh, the other times yeah, I've seen go. it, all the other times I've seen it, it's been on DVD, which is like HD of a time. But yeah. like this was much clearer. Um, I also think that this movie is incredibly mean. Like, I will say that. It like, is, it's a it's a mean movie. I would agree like, with that too. All of all of these girls in this movie, you know, they have like their bitchy moments, but none of them are none of them are awful. You they're know what just, I mean? They're just college girls. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that they so. are in the end. And I I will say that it, that might be one shortfall of the movie. Um, is that the the house itself is not very sorority? I would say. Mm. And like, it's, it's like, if that was a sorority, that is one small ass sorority. Let me tell you. Well, they do establish that a bunch of them are gone already because it's Christmas Eve. Uh, I guess that's a good point. But, but isn't the house kind of too small too? Don't you think? Yeah, I guess. But it does. Unless unless they're at a very small college, which that, that could be the case too. It does show on the doors. If you, if you kind of look closely, like there are at least two people in every room. So we ever, we, we don't find out where this is though right i'm not crazy no 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 no. they don't ever say it. i mean they say the college but it's not like um what it's just winter i don't remember <laughs> that actually Do um i don't remember it doesn't matter whatever um but like i said i think that that's like one of the things that maybe people can't get on board with is that we're supposed to like hate some of these girls but it's hard to hate any of them because none of them yeah. are really that bad so i, I, I think i don't hate them i don't I especially love Lacey Chabert in this movie. I think she's hilarious. When when Lay shows up and she's like kind of over explaining why she's there, and <laughs> and Lacey Chabert like she she interrupts and she goes, "I just want to tell you, I love that coat." <laughs> <Just like that. laughs> I think that's really funny. Um, but and also, I think whoever was in charge of the special effects, I think did an incredible job especially when it comes like blood splatter i'm i'm especially in the car scene where heather gets killed and it's just like there's like nothing happening nothing happening and she's scraping the window and all of a sudden you see billy's eye in the in the car and all of a sudden there's this blood splatter that is so incredible i don't know how they did it but 
it's it shoots out like nothing you can even imagine yeah, like you <laughs> you think to yourself what just happened to heather did she spontaneously combust like what is that it's, it's very it's very well done it really yeah. is um i think the only unearned kill in my book um there's two that i think are a little unearned i think mrs max death is a little unearned because like i don't think a icicle would kill somebody yeah i I feel the same way and i I also i'll be honest like when she was gone i was like that sucks yeah (laughs) because i really want her to stick around and then the only other one that i was like do we have to do this is that when lay gets killed in the hospital at the very end because she's survived that long and there's like the very there's a very like setup storyline of like um she's now gonna be you know quote-unquote sisters with kelly and we're almost final girl girl you were almost there I know. So that makes me sad. But and then the only other thing I want to like call out about this movie that I think is really well done is just the music. The music, the music, when it when it comes in from the sugar pump fairies to um, we're all like when all that music comes in, it's perfectly timed. And I so let's talk about that for a moment. Um, Here's something for you from IMDb. The last movie with a score composed by Shirley Walker before her unfortunate passing on November 29th, 2006. Oh my gosh. One month before the theatrical release of the film, the film was dedicated to her memory. How about that? Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is wild. It's, well, I mean, it's really sad. It, it, it listen, really, really is. I mean that. Because she did an incredible job with that music. She did. She did, <laughs> she did a great fucking job. Like truly, truly great. All right. Well, here at Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we score on a seven-stripe scale based on the seven stripes of this gay old rainbow. Maddie, what do you give Black Xmas? You know, I started it started low, and I'm, I'm going higher. I give it a 4.5. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, it's not, it, it's not my favorite. It's definitely not in my hate list at all. Am I going to watch it again? Probably not. But did I enjoy watching it this time? The answer is yes. Um, and I even watched it fucking twice for this episode. So if you have not I mean, seen that Black does Xmas show something. Yet, <laughs> it does. If Black Xmas uh, is, is one that, that's uh, missed you in horror films, or if um, you want to give it another chance, maybe you should. Yeah. Oh, one thing, right before I score it, yeah, one ahead. thing I did want to call out is that if you watch the original trailer, you can pull it up on YouTube, of this movie, there are several scenes that they filmed even alternate death scenes that are not used in the movie. Oh, crazy. No way. It is wild because there is a alternate death scene for Lacey Chabert that is in the trailer that I want to know how that comes to be. So anybody that is listening to this, go watch that trailer. Half of that shit's not even in the movie. That's it's really weird. interesting. It's, it's wild. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I give this movie a five. Listen, do I think it's as good as the original? Absolutely not. But it's its own thing. And I exactly. think that like divorce it from that, just like the newest one. It's its yeah. own thing. What was that? 2019 or something? I think so, 2018. Yeah. It's its own thing. Yes. Do they share DNA? Of course. Just like Agnes and Billy. They share <laughs> I was going to say, just like them. <laughs> um, but like, can you just like let it go and just enjoy a 2006 romp i don't know um i said it's not always always bad to enjoy things you know what i mean like just have fun yeah like i said i gave it a five i said this cast and this atmosphere is just me and there are some stumbles in execution yes but listen this movie owns its sleaze 
Love it. Well, folks, that is Black Xmas from 2006. Hold your horses, and we'll be right back with our next film, Black Friday. Happy Black Friday. We love toys. We still on for pancakes tonight. Chris, you're on Reg for the night. We're short staff. Wait up. I'm Emmett. You ever worked retail before? No. Well, there's no day more harmful to retail workers than this day. What do we love? Toys. Good job. Places, everyone. Three, two, go, baby. Go Black Friday. Thank you very much. Happy holidays. There is something wrong with the shoppers. Oh, we gotta do something. We're one hour into Black Friday, and we're escorting customers away from the store. Was that the new guy? Our shoppers are going crazy. Whatever you do, don't let them gather. They're building something. At this point, we're just in their way. We're gonna have to fight. I don't think this night can get any worse. <laughs> Does anybody else just think that's funny? Ah! I told you they never die. We have to make a run for it. Exactly. Black Friday is over! Chucky says we're all going to die. Back up, homie! The fire will sit and admire The stockings all filled up at last of all the glitter, silver, and gold. I love it here. The police are here. Thank God. It's the time. Got your door buses right here, mother. Hope you enjoyed that turkey dinner because now it's time to go shopping. It's Black Friday. Maddie, talk to us all about Black Friday. They have no idea what tonight has in store. (laughs) A group of toy store employees must protect each other from a horde of parasite-infected shoppers. That's a that's a brief description, but there we go. Um, directed by Casey Tebow, I'm guessing, or maybe Tebo, who knows? Um, written by Andy Gaskoviak, uh, produced by um, MFW Manufacturing and the Warner Davis Company. Uh, Ken was played by Devin Sawa. Uh, Marnie played by Ivana Baccaro. Chris played by Ryan Lee. Brian by Stephen Peck. Archie by Michael J. White. Jonathan by none other than Bruce Campbell himself. Emmett played by Louis Kurtzman. Anita was played by Celeste Oliva. Ruth played by Ellen Colton. And Dower Dennis, which is a talking bear, uh, was voiced by Seth Green. Best character Um, in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Film was not rated. It's 84 minutes long. uh, Made in America. Filmed in Boston. Released September 24th of 2021, and the budget information was not available for this. Um, This was a first watch for both of us. I do know that. I will say that if you're going to watch this, folks, don't do what I did. It is on Shudder. I just didn't. Oh, wait. No, it's not on Shudder in the U.S. Is that right? Yeah, it's only U.K. That is. I do not. I don't understand that. I don't get it. You can watch with ads on places like Tubi or Oh, there you go. So yeah, do that. Don't rent it like I did. Um, 
don't spend money on this movie. That's all I'm going to say as we start. But Andrew, why don't you tell me what you first thought about Black Friday? Okay, so going into this movie, um, I remember it came out. I didn't check it. I don't know why I skipped over this. I just, it literally, I think it was like. That was still a weird time. It was like end of pandemic. One of the first movies that was like, quote unquote, like new after pandemic type of thing. And I just missed it. And so like going back to it, um, I was like, I seeing the talent that was involved with, you know, Bruce Campbell and Devin Sawa, and it was even executively produced by Devin Sawa. And I think Bruce Campbell, I, I, I think, um, I w- had high hopes because I thought the premise was really cool. I mean, it's, it's all about like, a, I, I don't know if any, it, I, did you watch the show Superstore? Uh, I watched a couple of episodes of it. I, I do remember it. So I watched all of Superstore. I really it was a really endearing show, and I really liked it. And so, like these, like kind of like set in a Walmart, you know, quote unquote type of movie. I was like, "Ooh, alien invasion in a Walmart! That should be really fun." And so I went into it like with kind of like weirdly high hopes, if you, if you will. Um, listen, I think that this movie. I think that for me, it just never quite elevated when it needed to elevate. It kind of just stayed one note for the whole time. Yeah. And like, I just, I wanted it to get crazy or like gory or like anything or like funny or, and it just, I don't know. It just never quite went past anywhere. It kind of just stayed on like the middle ground. And I don't know. I don't, I didn't, it didn't really do much for me if I'm being honest. It's, it's only, it's only 84 minutes and I was, I was kind of bored. <laughs> um, what about what about you? Uh, you know, look. Uh, so I, I, I will say, I, I picked, and Andrew knows this. I picked this movie completely randomly. Yeah. Um, you know, look. There's, there's not a whole lot of Christmas e holiday based horror movies. Um, well, and we've watched a lot of them. <laughs> and yeah, we've, we've, we've honestly, we've gone through a lot of them in the last six years of doing this. So like. I mean, that's just that's just kind of how it is. Um, so I mean, like, look, it's um, it was a it was a gamble, you know, no matter what was going to happen here. But like, uh, this movie is not very good, and it's not good for a number of reasons. I think. I think like number one, the the writing is is pretty is pretty terrible. It's 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 really not good, and um, the the acting is is odd. I would say too. And yeah, like, it's not, it's not that it's bad. It's just weird. It's just, it's very, very odd. And yeah. like, I, I don't know. Like the, the other thing too, is like, I, I was thinking about like retail horror in general. Right. And like this movie primarily doesn't work because the people that are cast as the workers of this place don't make any sense. They don't. I'm sorry. And I'm not saying that like adults don't work in retail because they do. I get that. But this whole toy store thing is so made up. It's it's inauthentic. It's very inauthentic. And I was thinking, could this movie be better and still be a Black Friday thing? And I thought, absolutely. You know where this should have taken place? Costco. This should yeah. have taken place in Costco. And I think maybe this would have been better. And like the fact that it was in this dumb toy store that I could, I don't know about you. I could give a fuck less about it. And like, it, it, it just, it seemed so, so incredibly fake. 
that I just, I didn't care about it almost from the very beginning. I really well, didn't. I think that like the fact that it takes place in a toy store shouldn't have toys been a part of like the plot. Like shouldn't have we have used certain toys to like defend ourselves or like uh, try to just dis- make, is there a race car that we can use to distract the aliens? Like, you know, they never use any of the toy store props. Whereas like, if this was like set in like what you said, like a Costco, like, okay, we can throw rotisserie chickens at it and right. maybe they'll go after the rotisserie chickens. Like there are a lot of places where you could plus up this movie where they just didn't plus up. I, I, I completely agree with you. And like, the thing is like, I don't think that the premise of it is bad. Like, no, not at all. It's, it's, it's a good premise to say like, okay, how can we make a cool black Friday horror movie? Black Friday in itself is totally horrific. And like, they just don't, do that like it just it just ends up being a movie that doesn't know what it is is this an alien movie is it a is it a is it a retail horror movie is it a zombie movie is it a zombie movie like we don't we don't know anything um i also think like look i i love devin sawa and i've I've got a soft spot for him in my heart i do devin sawa is not good in this movie and i i don't know what kind of i don't know what style of acting he was going for do you know what i'm talking about here I actually think he's good in the first, like, two first parts of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, where he's being the dad, and then where he's driving in with the younger guy, I think the, he's actually, like, choosing Elaine. Yeah, no, I get that. I think that after they get into the, the retail store. store, and all of a sudden he's, like, an alcoholic, and all of a sudden he's, like, yeah, a good slash bad dad i i i was so confused because i was like are we supposed to root for him for being a good dad or is he a bad dad because there's a line in it where basically the one girl says or no sorry the one guy the younger guy says like um no i would never be your or uh, what did he he say exactly no here i have it in my thing oh no he says you see me way too often to be your actual child and i was like oh yeah yeah sure and I was like, damn, like, so is he a bad dad? Like, I don't like it's it's very all over the place. And I kind of think that way about most of these characters. I have a couple of uh, instances that I'll bring up in a little bit here. But like, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I feel the exact same way. And like, like you said earlier, like Dower Dennis is the best part of the movie. Like D- Dower Dennis is this this talking <laughs> bear in the movie who I like actually loved it. <laughs> yeah. Who's um. Dower Dennis has been recalled by whatever company made it because it's like it's saying like it's saying things that it shouldn't be saying basically, and it's saying like, like it, it man, is, it really had a bad week. Yeah, <laughs> and like I mean, it is funny. Like, don't get me wrong, it's funny, and like in context of the film, like it, you know, it's probably you're, you're right. It probably is the best part of it. But I wrote down like on my notes, I was like, God, even this feels sort of forced. You know what I mean? And like I think that's all the stuff that we're talking about in the end here. Part of me is just like one movie that is just so forced over and over again on that one note that you were talking about that it's just like god it's it's exhausting and it's not even that long i mean how how long was this it was 84 minutes it's it's not even an hour and a half and by by minute 40 i was like oh my god is this ever gonna end like like this this you know what this could have been this could have been like um a creep show episode i was gonna say a creep show episode like like a short this could have been a good short and it could have been like a collection of christmas shorts this could have been interesting in there but as a feature-length film with with uh, you know two two pretty big names devin sawa and bruce campbell plus voicing by seth green uh, it falls flat yeah um i did have a couple of things in my notes um this actually does take place 
in and around Chicagoland because yeah. they call out Schaumburg and they call out Santa's Village, which is yeah. two things that are from here. And, um, and the reason why on that, Andrew, is the writer and just Andy Griscoviak worked at a Toys R Us in Chicago. Oh, and that's the cool. reason why you hear Bartlett and Schaumburg. Where Bartlett, where my producer Michael is from. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, there are a couple of things that, um, I had questions for you on, Tell me. um, you might not have an answer, but I just put them in my notes is why is the gay bitchy manager so against uh, that kid? Cause I don't, I don't understand why the, the only thing that I thought there was that he was attracted to him. That's it. Okay. That's the only thing that I could deduce from that. And I, maybe that's it. Maybe that's not. I don't know. I mean, we don't know if that kid is straight, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and also, he's not a kid. I, I mean, like, the casting for this, that guy's got to be, like, fucking, like, 25 at least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like, I don't... How old are you supposed to be? Like, are you in well, your 20s? at home. Like, so. but are you in your 20s or are you in your teens? I don't know what the story is. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so, I, I I don't know. But that's that's what I thought is just, like, maybe he's got a crush on him and, like, the kid's straight and he doesn't like him. I don't know. And then the other big question I have is why does Bruce Campbell sacrifice himself? I don't know. Because he doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Like he just jumps down into that hatch and kills himself. Like I don't, it's not like he jumped down there with like a bomb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I have, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't it was, know. It was such a weird moment because he has like this whole monologue about how he's going to go down with the store, but then he's like, and on second thought, I'm not going to. And then yeah. he does. And I was so confused. Um, Yeah. Th- there's just a couple of things. Like why does Devin Sawa put on roller skates? When I don't he thinks know. He's been bitten. I mean, that, and then that's just the thing. It's like, what, what was the director doing in this movie? Like what, where, the the director does indeed control everything like that is why a director exists is to direct the film and this director just seems to not be there like i I don't know what else to say like it doesn't make any sense um some uh, so i want to say a couple of things that are positive about the movie that i did like i think that the creature design and all of like that's not bad I thought that that was pretty good. Even when um, Emmett, I think his name is, yes. when he yeah. morphs into like his final form, it's pretty gross. It's pretty yeah. grimy. But then there are also parts where like, where the, 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 the end creature kind of like what it, remi- honestly, whatever what it reminded it was, me like of, what it, kind of thing. what it reminded me of was the shunting from society. Okay. Yeah. Um, And when it busts through the roof, through that glass on the roof, it was so bad. I was yeah. like, why does this look like this and everything else looks so good? Like, I don't I understand. Know. Yeah. Um, I thought that the, I thought the end bit with like the huge creature was pretty cool. And I did actually like that there was like another one in the background as like they were like driving away. Like there were like several of these like um, sure. Cloverfield type monsters like out in the world. I think that those were kind of well done. And I liked the idea of them, <laughs> of them looking up at them and being like, it's all the shoppers. <laughs> Like I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty funny. Um, a couple of things in the script I thought were more smart than others. I thought that when Devin Sawa is dropping off his kids and he's like, you know, you know, heroes work on holidays, you know, like firefighters and ambulance drivers and everything. And then he looks at um, the stepdad and he's like, Grant doesn't work. <laughs> I thought that that was pretty funny. That was funny. 
Um, and I did think that it was a little bit of a, a funny homage that they show. I think I, I'm not sure exactly which Chucky movie it is, but they show a Chucky movie on yeah. the TV in the break room. And that's kind of like a subtle hint to like, hey, Devin Sal is also hey. in the Chucky show, which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, the only other thing that I want to call out is like, I think was a fun moment is when the one older woman, she's like kind of looking out the window. She's like, oh, the police are here. And then the police just drive through the door and take her out. I thought <laughs> that, that, that was that, pretty funny. That was funny. That was good. I mean, um, look, you know, look, I, with, with anything, I, I'm I'm grateful to anybody who gets out there and gets creative and makes something like. Yeah, it's hard it, to make a movie. Wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is easy. I have never made a movie like, don't get me wrong here. And I don't mean to just shit all over this thing. It's just. Uh, I got to call a spade a spade and like, it just, I just didn't quite get there. That's it all. just, it, it never got there. And you know, the, the way that I look at this is like, you know, this movie, this movie should have been saved in so many ways. And it just wasn't, it wasn't saved by Devin Sawa. It wasn't saved by Bruce Campbell for God's sake, who I think was really underused. And if, if they can't save it, I, I don't think anything can. Do you know, you know what I think a movie like this that I think, if people are looking for a movie like this that maybe is a little smarter and a little better, I think oh, maybe um, Cooties, the movie with, um, oh God, Lord of the Rings kid. Uh, uh, Noah, not Noah, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is in it. Yeah. And a bunch of people. I think that that movie is kind of the no, same. It's of the same ilk as this, but I think okay. that one's a little funnier and a little better. Okay. Um, but like the same type of idea. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Um, yeah. And I, I think that this movie, like, honestly, I think that there is something here. I just don't think it quite had the energy. And I don't know if that was a pandemic thing or like what, but it just didn't quite go there when it needed to go there. Yeah, I get that. And I don't know. It just, I wanted to like it. Um, unfortunately, when I saw um, a chicken soup for the soul production, I was that was also weird to see. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? What the fuck are you? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like oh, they do movies now. Um, that's funny. Oh, anyway, well, Andrew, uh, what did you rate uh, Black Friday? You know, I think that this movie, like I said, it's right in the middle of the road. So I gave it a 3.5. I said, okay. um, this one's just one note. Uh, when you want it to be fun, it's just not. And when you want it to be violent, it's not. It's just not for me. Uh, I gave it a three. And I said, there was just no saving this movie. Not from Devin Sawa, not from Bruce Campbell, and certainly not from the Hallmark Channel worthy writing. Yeah. So, folks, that is Black Friday. We we just sadly cannot recommend that one to you. But yeah, um, I feel I feel bad whenever we don't like a movie. But eh, it's just it, it is what it is. Sometimes can't like but. everything, you know. So, folks, look, stay tuned, and we'll be right back to close the show. Over twenty four hundred pounds of dough, two hundred and thirty one pounds of honey, seventy pounds of spices, three hundred and fifty eggs, and sixty six pounds of sugar. That does look good. Oh, that looks yummy. Yeah, I know. That would never last in my house. I'd be like, who ate the caboose? I... <laughs> <laughs> it would be a problem. <laughs> it would be a problem. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, that does it for episode 111 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. But before we go, we're going to play a little game. And this game is themed right after... Christmas. Yes. And Maddie, today, uh, based on a, a very popular podcast that I like to listen to, 
um, that uh, is they they play a game on there called Had It or Hit It. Um, our version is going to be Slay or Nay. Yes. And I'm going to read to you a couple of things that people do around the holiday season. And I want you to either say Slay, like I love that. Okay. Or, or like Nay, like get out of here. Like with okay, that got it. Sure. All right. The first one is multiple Christmas trees. Personally, nay. Okay, and do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, expand? I mean, like, look, I've, I've got. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I live in a one-bedroom apartment in Europe now, which are su- substantially smaller than one bedrooms back where I used to live, right? So I have, I've, I put up the Christmas tree today. It's, uh, it's like a pencil kind of tree. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty, it's compact because I live in a small place. Um, if I had multiple here, like that would. That would be dumb. Like, there's nowhere to put them. But also, like, I don't know. I, I think that like, if you've got a big ass house where you've got like, I don't know, a couple of like living spaces, I guess I could kind of see it. But I mean, also too, like, I sort of like the idea of having one Christmas tree. Just like one that people come around, and like that's that's where all the gifts go, and that's like where you you know you sit around it, and like that that kind of thing. That that's how it hits for me. What about you? I agree. I think, you know, listen, to each their own, and I'm not trying to shame anybody, but why you got to have so many trees? Why you got to have a tree in your bedroom? Why you got to do that? I don't get it. I don't really understand that. So, I mean, if look, if that's you, like, you know, okay, you do a baby, but I don't do a girl, you know, (laughs) whatever, whatever. Celebrate, celebrate your life. Anyway. (laughs) um, All right. Slay or nay? Leaving decorations up through January. One million thousand percent nay. Okay, so you take them down right after New Year's? Uh, as soon as I can for New Year's. Like like literally New Year's Day. I'm like, you're down. Bye. It's over. Or I might wait until Epiphany, which is like January 7th, basically. I might do that. But That's I, where I'm at. Like, like when li- people leave their hollow, like their lights up outside until like February or like sometimes even even like even to fucking like March, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like yeah. we're done. It's over. Move on to the next one now. Thank you. Listen, listen, I am a person who likes my stuff the way I like my stuff. And so like Christmas is a fun little like, ooh, let's move the furniture around and we're gonna put the tree here and da-da-da-da-da. But when it's over. It's time to go, baby. It's time to go. It's time leave. to go. It's over. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I don't want to pay those electric bills anymore. <laughs> 1,000%. Exactly. Come on. All right. And then your last slay or nay. Okay. Secret Santa. Oh. I mean, look, it. Uh, I, I say nay, if I'm being honest. like Because it, it, it never ends up good. It never does. And like... Like the last time that I did it, quite frankly, was when like I I got my Secret Santa a really nice gift, a really nice gift, mm-hmm. and the Secret mm-hmm. Santa for me gave me a bunch of bullshit, and I was like, "You didn't even take this seriously." Like, like you didn't think it's like we 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 even agreed like we're getting each other really nice gifts. That's what we're gonna do, and they you spend a hundred bucks or whatever we said. And like I got a bag of shit, and I was like, "Thank you for not putting any thought into this. Perfect." So. And that's just kind of how it always is. Like somebody's going to take it more seriously and somebody else won't. And that means that there's always going to be somebody who's disappointed. That's just how it is. 
Yeah, you can take your secret Santas and your white elephants and shove them right up your butt because yeah, I fucking you. hate it. <laughs> right, exactly. I always end up with junk that I'm never going to use, and it always ends up either cluttering up my space or going in the trash. So you can yep. keep it. You can keep your $10 gift. I don't really give any two shits. Get out of here with Secret Santa. <laughs> completely agree with you on this. 1,000%. Oh, I liked, I like sharing grievances. This Me is too. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, um, what, what did, what did, um, uh, my friend, my, I, I had this, this old friend who I haven't, I haven't talked to in years, but her name was Liz and, um, her family would, would air grievances at Christmas and, um, they would throw chestnuts at each other. What is happening? Oh my God. I love that. That's hilarious. Like it's absolutely wacky. Totally wacky shit. Um, I do want to call out the podcast that I got that idea from. It's yeah. called I've Had It. Uh, oh, if nice. You, if, you, if you've never seen or never heard of that show, go check it out. It's really funny. Um, two ladies basically just share grievances over an hour and a half. And it's <laughs> I <laughs> really love funny. that. Yes. Love um, it. I actually went and saw them live at um, one of our local oh, venues here. So. That's so cool. But I just wanted to give a little credit where credits do because they came nice. up with the idea. I just renamed it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that does it for episode 111. A couple of things. Uh, you know, if you want to support the show, if you thought that this last two hours, because I think this one's going to come in at two hours, yeah. um, was worth a dollar, um, you can go on patreon.com slash Friday 13, or you can go to Friday 13 slash uh, dot com slash support. Um, just to support the show. I mean, we'll call you out on the show. You know, we have a new patron uh, this month. Uh, Zephyr in the Sky is, nice. is their name. I'm into um, that. And so, you know, we'll we'll shout you out. But like, listen, this show takes a lot of energy out of us, and it's it, it, does, it does come with <laughs> it, it does come it does come with its rewards. Obviously, we shared a lot of, of those course, rewards yeah. at the beginning of the show. Absolutely. But like, you know we do have to pay for stuff. So if, if you thought that the, all this content was worth just $1, you can come become a Patreon and just help us out a little bit. I don't know if you want us to stick around, we got to make a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it, it is honestly a serious help. And, um, you know, look, we are a proud independent podcast. We are not on a network and we prefer it that way to be quite honest. So like, you know, what, whatever you give to us, we promise it goes right into the show, whether it's renting movies or going to a conference or, um, I mean, you, you name it, it's getting new equipment, whatever, like that's, that's where your money goes. And so if you want to see Frygate keep getting better and better, you can help us get there. Um, but if you are already a patron or if just money isn't your thing, that's okay. Um, another way that you can help us, of course, is just by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it would be really helpful if you're a Spotify listener to go in and review us there because uh, we just love to see more people do that. Um, but yeah, we, also, don't, we, don't have, we don't have a ton of Spotify uh, reviews, we don't, so we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, it's, Spotify is growing for us. Uh, we grew about 15% over last year on, on Spotify, so that's really cool. Um, but I would love to see that audience grow even more because I know not everyone just does Apple Podcasts. Um, but where, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you can leave a review, tell other people about us, that's, of course, very, very helpful. Yeah, of course. Um, so I do want to say uh, this will be our only episode for December. We're going to take a couple of weeks off to enjoy the holidays yes. and um, need some needed rest from basically doing the show bi-weekly. But we'll be back in the new year to yeah. bring in our annual kind of like wrap-up show of the whole year, yeah. which I think will be really, really fun because let's be honest, 2023 was much better than the last two years. It was. <laughs> so, yeah, and look, and, and it, it 
it will kick off a whole new season for our show in 2024 of, you know, of really great stuff. I'm looking forward to some more series from us, Andrew. Yeah. And, you know, as always, just exploring horror films that we would have never explored without doing this show. So it's going to be honestly, a lot of fun. If you have any ideas for the show, please Let reach out because yeah. we would love some. I mean, our well is is pretty deep, but it could always use more water. Yeah. So uh, if you have any ideas for blank blank is terrifying, send them over. We're happy. Yeah. We're happy to look into it. And look, as as we as we come to an end on 2023, what a what a year. Um, and, you know, this is closing out our fifth year of podcasting, too. Um, which is wild. And, you know, looking back, God, Andrew and I got to go on a really cool trip in New England uh, to celebrate our fifth year and to celebrate our 100th episode of the show. Um, we had some amazing guests on the show, most recently Peaches Christ. We, uh, we, what, what we did, we finished out our international series this year. Um, did we finish out another series too? Didn't we finish out our monsters series actually? I think that was, maybe it was last year, but it all yeah. seems to blend together. I, I mean, like, look, I mean, we've, we've done a lot and we, we've done a lot of exploring and we've, you know, social media has been crazy and, and wild and fun. And, you know, we've gotten to meet more of you in person. I mean, just a really incredible time. And so just to reiterate what we said at the start of the show, like we're just so thankful for, for all of you out there and to be in community with you that it really means a lot to us. And I hope that as your your year comes to an end, that you are able to look back and be happy with how the year went and, and that your health is with you and that you've got people around you that love you and um, that it that it all ends um, it all ends well and we start 2024 um, with a lot of hope and goodness. That's what I hope for you. Yeah, and I hope for you that you will get, get slayed. slayed. <laughs>